Hi, this is Dan Crawford at WPOV Global. WrestlePOV Global Black and Yellow Brand. It's your point of view on the global stand. From north to south to east to west, they got you covered like a blanket, but I digress from elite elite to the hot topic. AEW Impact New Japan, they got it. Have you laughing so hard? Have your belly aching? Heard any different? I'm sure you're mistaken. Hey fans, welcome to another edition of WPOV Global. I'm your host, the legend T. James Logan. Today we're going around the world. We've got a lot of wrestling to cover and a great look at AEW. This show was, uh, what was it? Was there even a name to the show? I can't remember. It's been nope. very confusing. I, I'm going to say AEW is a bit confusing with all these events. I, I was When I turned on and saw the first match, for some reason I thought it was going to be on the pay-per-view. So who knows? Obviously not the best advertising. But we're going to cover all that stuff this week, folks. Like I said, I have my regular co-hosts. I have the gentleman, Elio Canella. Elio, welcome to the show. Great to be here. The champ is here! <laughs> and the lone wolf, Andy Anderson. Andy. Pleasure as always. And you know what? This was such a big show that I had to bring in an extra gun to cover it. I'm talking about Rick Serrano. But you Serrano couldn't get them, so you got Rick Serrano instead. <laughs> oh, oh, it starts already. Well, I was going to say, it's not the big show. It was a Paul White show. <laughs> I don't get it. All right, moving on. Hey, 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 Rick, no more BS, please. <laughs> well, anyways, let, let's, let, let's get into the show this week. Let's start off with our elite delete section where we take, a, we always seem to have to explain it because it seems no matter how many times we explain it, people still don't quite. Some, there's always a segment of the fans going, uh, I don't get it. What do you mean you want to get rid No. Okay. If we say elite. We're I don't appreciate some... when you make fun of me like that. Okay. <laughs> I'll get through my head what it is. You don't even understand when I make fun of you. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, what we're going to do every week, we're going to take somebody off the roster. Sometimes we did Cody, a guy who was super big, just to give a gauge of where fit fans are feeling. But what we're usually going to do is take somebody, maybe newer, maybe somebody who's just breaking out now and ask you fans, if you think, that right now at this time in their character development, that these are the guys that you should be pushing forward. If they're elite, that means we roll with it, man. We push these guys to the front. We try and get something out of them. Or are they delete? Are they the sense of where they brought up somebody who's like, you know what, this guy's not ready. They're throwing them down our throats and we're not buying it. And that's how you tell elite delete. Okay. This week, I was very interested in a tag team because this tag team for me has shifted a lot. We're going to get and talk about that in a minute when uh, I give my answer for this. We're going to take a look at the Varsity Blondes, the team of Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison. And uh, first of all, I'm going to start off with our guest, Rick. Hey. Elite or delete on the Varsity Blondes and why? Well, I, I have to say very simply in one word, delete! Because honestly, Griff Garrison doesn't do it for me. Brian mm -hmm. Pillman Jr. is the cat's meow. Uh, he's also a friend of the show. We had him on Wrestle POV Podcast once upon a time. So, mm -hmm. of course, I got to shout out my man, Brian. But um, I want to see Brian on his own. I want to see him in the TNT picture. I don't okay. want to see Griff Garrison. Griff Garrison, for whatever reason, he should be the pre-character. Those curls alone puts him in this upper echelon of pretty characters. He should be uh, gorgeous Griff Garrison. G3. G3. 
G3, 3G. Oh, don't get 5G because we don't want no Corona stuff. <laughs> no. I, think, I don't know, G3. What's, oh, no, Gatorade is G2. Never mind. <laughs> no calories. All right, uh, Andy. Uh, what are you thinking here? Elite. I am going versus. the opposite here. I yeah. I say elite, and I think I've uh, kind of pushed these boys from the get-go. Uh, I like the nod to the Hollywood Blondes with uh, Steve Austin and and Brian Pillman. Uh, I guess that'd be Brian Pillman Senior. Uh, you know, for we talk a lot about there's a lot of. Uh, flippy tag teams in AEW and these guys are not one of them. And uh, I, I like that they, uh, I mean, they kind of have that tie with Pillman. Uh, I like that. I like that, uh, you know, Rick pointed out Griff's a bit more of a pretty boy there. Uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, if you put him and Jungle Boy together as a tag team with their hair, Ooh. unstoppable. Call yes. it pretty conditioned. Pretty conditioned. Pre- <laughs> Me and Andy doesn't know what that means, but no, you no. people will. <laughs> they, they'd, be, uh, they'd be PC. PC, nice. I like uh, it. Yeah, no, no. But uh, I, I think they've I think they've they've got some potential. I think they just look like a fun, a fun young tag team. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, they've they've they showed well so far. And you know, to Rick's point about wanting to see Brian Pillman on his own, I think mm-hmm. that time will come eventually. Mm-hmm. But for now, to me, it's still two younger, greener guys, and I think that they can learn and work well together. Okay, excellent. Elio, how are you feeling on the elite? I'm going with the elite. Okay. Uh, when I first saw Griff Garrison, um, I didn't really see anything uh, from this guy. But the more we saw him, the more we saw like that he has that he has uh, skills in the ring, and um, putting him together with. Uh, Brian Pillman, yep, it's like a throwback to the Hollywood Bronze, and uh, mm-hmm. I like good ways he works together, so I'm going to go elite. Okay, fair enough. Now, you know what? Uh, I've thought about this long and hard because I've gone back and forth quite a bit at this. I've been exposed to Brian Pillman Jr. quite a bit from MLW and some things, and he's really taken some growth strides since being in this team. When they first started this team, I was a bit annoyed that they just looked like two guys thrown together. I really appreciate now they have matchy trunks, um, you know, <laughs> they have matchy trunks and uh, they, they look like a team. So I, there is, you know, Josh Sanders, friend of the show, had written in and said he didn't buy these guys as a team. He said they didn't look like a team to him. They just seemed like two guys together. I'm going to disagree with that. I think every team starts off that way and morphs into something. They're starting to morph into being a team. Now, I get the point of why they've been yeah, trying to push – I get the point why they try and push Griff Garrison so much is he has uh, that prototypical Southern uh, U.S. wrestling look to him. He looks like the Armstrongs and those guys from the 80s and 90s. He has the long hair. He's tall, lanky. He's a perfect tag team partner for that. And I think they're starting to realize, if you notice, there has been a shift here. They started pushing Griff as the one and Brian was always sort of eating the the pins getting the big beat downs doing this but now if you notice it's shifting quite a bit brian is a starting to be more assertive mean looking more dominant of the two of the match i think i think you got to take in mind and rick you said uh delete i want to remind you of the rockers before uh they had their things being taken seriously they were the goofy young team that people didn't see a lot and didn't think and it took them blood feuds with playboy buddy rose and uh, doug summers to show that these guys weren't just some goofy goo- goo- goofs in, in tights 
they were a team. They were tough guys. And I think that's what's going to happen here. They're in that position. They're like the pre-rockers uh, era. They were the midnight rockers. Yeah, they were the midnight. Yeah, they were the midnight rockers. And they're, they're, you know, they're the party guys that are having fun. But eventually they're going to get into some serious stuff and they are going to rise above it. And I think they'll break out and they will be a solid team uh, like the rockers down the road. And let's face it. Every team in wrestling is destined to have them hate each other and collide somewhere down the road. I can guarantee you that Brian Pillman someday will ascend probably higher than Griff when that happens. Cause Griff, I think is definitely a tag team wrestler. Those guys that from that mold did actually not very well as singles wrestlers uh, back in the day. And I don't think they will work this time. So I think they're going to be a great tag team. That's going to rise up. I say, let's revisit them in a year and see where they are. And I think they're going to be in a much better position. And especially, let's face it, they don't look or wrestle like any of the multiple of teams in AEW. That's which true. Are quite a few of them. All I right. have a so, question. Yes. Question. Um, elite or delete Brian Pillman's mullet? Uh, I elite. say elite. It's elite, right? Oh, hell yeah. yeah. That's He's a business in front. Mullet. He's got some party in the back. <laughs> He's got his dad's hair, though. He's got some flying Brian... Uh... Yeah, Molly got action going just, on there. Just don't go overboard with the with the hair dye. Yeah, Elio still has nightmares that day. He did his hair platinum. Remember his <laughs> platinum white blonde? It came out. It was terrible. Okay, so uh, <laughs> so uh, we did have two quick comments. I met, I referenced one already. Josh Sanders said they don't seem like a legit tag team together, but I think separate they could be really good. Well. I kind of disagree with that in both senses. I think Griff Garrison will not be the greatest of singles wrestlers. Uh, and Frank Swamp Tower, love the name, uh, says, I love Pillman in singles. Well, I, love, I guess so. That's awesome. Okay, so. I, I agree with that. Honestly, yeah. I, I really behind Brian Pillman. Yeah, I, I believe so too. Now, Elio, can you read us the numbers? The fans, what did you fans think on our Elite Delete Varsity Blondes? What are the numbers, please? Okay, so we had 89% said Elite, while 11% went with Delete. Well, that is a big number, and that is a big lean. So obviously people are starting to see in towards what the Varsity Blondes are all about. So like I said, guys, I say we revisit this in a year, and I'm pretty sure that Elite Delete won't even be a question then. I think they're going to be a legitimized team by then. All right? So let's move on now to uh, our uh, debate of the week, usually the hot topic. The hot topic this week concerns Adam Page. Should Adam Page become the leader of the Dark Order? They've been kind of teasing that, you know, looking towards that, hinting at that. And the question is, should he become their leader? And what does he get out of it? And I want to start with, uh, it'll be me and Andy debating this since we have different uh, opinions of this. Andy, what do you think? Well, I'm kind of I'm kind of tossing here because it's like I like the idea of it. Uh, I know we had one comment. Somebody was saying that uh, John Silver should be the leader. You guys know I'm a big John Silver fan, but no. uh, I am, and I said it long early, even before he started getting that push and people started recognizing it. <laughs> you know, I was kind of you know panning for gold there. I was in the mines finding the silver, the John Silver, if you know what I'm talking about. But uh, you know what? I, I think they'll, I think for something different, I think Adam Page should be the leader. Just, you know, at this point, um, you know, there, there's a decent amount of kind of factions and teams. Um, Adam Page, could he be a standalone guy? Sure. But I think there's also something to be said when you, when you look at a lot of guys, you know, even, you know, Flair, for as great as Flair was as a singles competitor, 
he often had, you know, the four horsemen around him or he, he always almost, there was always, almost always someone. And I think, you know, whether now in this, you know, I'm, I'm a little conflicted here because it's like, I'm usually in this kind of setting, it's more of a heels and I, and I don't know what the way things are that the dark order would turn heel. Maybe that's for something with, with Adam page that if he joined them, maybe, you know, maybe they would turn back to the dark side. Mm. But um, to have like a talent like Adam Page, who I was kind of lukewarm on him when he when he kind of first came out and, uh, you know, with him and Omega as a team, but uh, he's grown on me. But anyways, guys, you know, in a faction, a lot of times it's good to have yourself surrounded. So it adds, it can add potential depth to characters because you can interact with more characters when you're building angles and you're having things going on. You know, if, if Adam page becomes the leader and uh, let's say they, you know, they turn heel, that's something where it's like, okay, well, it's not just going right to so-and-so against Adam page. Maybe now he's got to get through John Silver. Maybe he's got to get through Alex Reynolds. Maybe he's got to get through Colt Cabana. So to me, it can just add layers mm -hmm. to Adam Page. And, and I think that's something that, uh, you know, one of those things that people maybe wouldn't expect or wouldn't see because I think everybody kind of sees him as, you know, the, the lonesome cowboy. But maybe he's the guy that needs to be uh, like somebody at a tombstone and they have the group. And not mm -hmm. to say that the Dark Order are going to all become cowboys, although that'd be kind of funny, like to have like <laughs> SNM cowboys or something with the masks <laughs> and the leather. Or something. I don't know. With the I mean. Kurt Angle cowboy hat, the little cowboy the, yes, the little minus little one on a pony. Yeah, minus one. Yeah, yeah. John, <laughs> no, he'd be riding. Maybe he ride John Silver's shoulders, just like Luchasaurus and Jungle uh, <laughs> Boy. But uh, you know, like, and obviously this is something set in stone. But for something different. Mm -hmm. I, I, I kind of like to see what, what they would do with this. Okay. Okay. Now I have been thinking about this a lot and uh, cause it's a, a prevalent storyline going right now. And I think uh, this would be a good idea if each side brought something to the table for the other. And I don't think it does. I don't think that the dark order is legitimate enough to bring anything to Adam page. Adam Page comes in, he brings them a name recognition leader. He brings them like Brody Lee did. I mean, remember how uh, the Dark Order floundered around before Brody Lee, you know, people weren't sure about stuff, you know, it was kind of a mid-level act and you weren't sure where it's going. Now they're a mid-level comedy act and I don't think they offer anything. If anything, Adam Page is stepping down by becoming their leader. It takes away from his mystique and his seriousness. Here's a guy who's got the talent who should be poised to be going after Omega. And that's, hey, his partner who kind of turned on him. They haven't even dealt with that yet. That hasn't even been touched yet. So that's a potential storyline down the road that they're going to definitely revisit. Um, I just don't think that the Dark Order is any position to offer Adam Page anything by his association with them. They gain everything. He gains nothing. This is like TNA, AEW, okay? Or not, you know, yeah. yeah. And so... What I'm saying here is I don't think he should. I think he should forge out on his own. He should keep being the lonesome cowboy. He should be in a way like John Moxley. And I don't mean in the sense of copying John Moxley's ways, but being that unknown factor who can come out of anywhere and take a belt. 
and that's what he should be more concentrating on. I don't think hooking himself up to a B-level comedy act really does anything for him. If anything, it takes him further out of any idea for a title picture because then you're dealing with dynamics things. You got Matt Hardy attacking uh, them. Is is you know does that story spin off and go longer and have to go through everything? Blah blah blah. Next thing you know, year and a half goes by and Adam Page is still not the champion. Now, I don't think he uh, gains anything by by being with them. Uh, maybe he gets a little help now and then, but they're just not big enough of a name and a big enough of a presence to do anything for his career. So that's my opinion. Okay. Uh, we're looking over at some of the fans. Matt Novak said, absolutely not. Managed correctly. Page could be a main event player. Joining them would be disaster. All right, Matt. And our good friend, uh, Jordan Clark says, no, thank you. He has all the tools. Push him to the moon in AEW and see what happens. Uh, and let's see. So far, I'm getting the nose. Josh Sanders says, no, he doesn't have the look. And he would, he would make hardly any sense to me. Yeah, like Cole Cabana has the look. <laughs> Where was he today? Anyways. Come on, Josh, do better. <laughs> Be better, Josh. Now, I, want, I want a new face for the leader of the Dark Order. Really, don't see why Rowan didn't take Brody's spot. Well, probably because he's not a very good wrestler. All right. Uh, <laughs> Desperado, why don't you come to your senses? Now, how about Join this? the Dark Order. <laughs> Stop building fences. Jesus Christ. All right. Mike Swiderski says, simple question. Would you even consider this before Brody Lee was revealed as the exalted one? No. So why should it happen now? Keep him as a loose ally and occasional tag team part like they were doing with Colt Cabana before Brody's death. Yeah. Would you, would you consider minus one being a regular part of the show beforehand? I think that was an, that's an unfair question because he's only part of the show because of the death of Brody Lee. Yeah, but we wouldn't be we wouldn't be, we wouldn't be looking awesome. at this without a page if the death of Brody Lee wasn't there either. That's, That's the reason why we're talking about that. Yeah, I, I okay, okay. Um, but as I'm looking through, there's tons of people: Marcus Kessler, Faith Smith, Jerome Williams, uh, Christine Stevens, Matt Winters. They all say yes in some kind of force. Um, uh, here's one. I know you're going to love this one, Andy. Chris Norwood says, nah, I'd push Silver. Have him step up and take the reins. Dude needs a push. He's a phenomenal talent. If and that's, and that's, a... yeah, Sorry, that's, that's, that's kind of where I was along the lines. I mean, Adam, you know, for the sake of this conversation, I'm like, okay, yeah, I could see Adam Page doing this, but, you know, if there was somebody else, I, I think John Silver, just like a, just would be, would also be awesome. Okay. And now these next two comments is the time of the show where my brain kind of implodes. I'm like, what? Okay. Let's get to these last two comments. Here. Uh -oh. Larry Pierce Jr. Says they already fucked up who should have been the leader of the dark order a long time ago. You ready for this? It should have been Jake Roberts. It's right. <laughs> it's right though. He's They're right. going to wheel him out in a wheelchair every week. Keep him on the stage. So right, he, the, 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 he, he comes out every week anyways. Ooh, you know, you could have had him just sitting in a throne. Yeah. I think do okay. what Brody Lee or anybody else is doing. Okay, okay, fair enough. You guys, give, I'll give you that one, but tell me if this one. Davison Sorrell Artemis says, negative one leads the Dark Order. No. 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 no I'm going to have to. No comment. Can I go just ahead. say this? Yes, Rick, go I, ahead. I just want to say that, um, first of all, I'm obviously an avid listener of this show, and mm -hmm. I have to also say I'm a huge fan of the show, you know, just because I work with you guys doesn't mean I have to like it, but I really do mm -hmm. enjoy listening to you guys every week. And I have to give you guys a shout out for the way you handled 
last week's hot topic with negative one. I think that was very professional of you guys. I think you guys gave out great POVs and you stuck to your guns, which is very honorable of you guys. It, despite the amount of negative comments that you guys received based off of that. So I think you guys handled mm-hmm. that great. Um, when it comes to Adam Page, I would say this, mm-hmm. that you have Adam Page lose to Matt Hardy and lose out on his money and have him join the Dark Order because of the money and because of the shirts and stuff like that. And then now Adam Page is building his way into this. He's upset. He's drinking. He's getting upset. And he starts turning the Dark Order into a darker order. And then John Silver's just like, no, man, we're not going to do that no more. John Silver gets kicked out of the Dark Order, starts a singles run, and now you have Adam Page as the leader of the Dark Order with John Silver on his high hole silver away and is fighting against the whole Dark Order. I like you know that what? scenario. You know what? That sounds awesome. The only thing is, it sounds like better booking when it was done with the inner circle, Sammy Guevara. And <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> I was going to say, Alice, Sammy Guevara? When they kick um, here's another thing. Does anyone in their right mind really think that Adam Page is going to lose to Matt Hardy here? Big money Matt? Come on. His his run has been crap. And I think, I think you do. I know, but I think it really deludes any big name guys now who lose to Matt Hardy. Okay. Uh, yeah. But I, I do think, though, that is a pretty cool idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. Yeah, I'll give you that. Elio, why don't you read us off the numbers? What did people think? Uh, should Paige join and lead the Dark Order? What's the percentages? So 60% said yes, while 40% said no. Cool. That's an almost split. That's that's. There's still a more people saying yes, but not that much more. It's not like yeah. our crazy delete delete thing was today. So, um, <laughs> let, let's let's before we go on now, we're going to get into our AEW stuff right away. I just wanted to quickly talk about a few things going on around wrestling because we do cover other stuff besides AEW, and I just wanted to make a quick mention right now. First of all, about New Japan, the situation there. It was announced last week that uh, currently Koto Ibushi, who carries the IWGP heavyweight title and the IWGP Inter- Intercontinental Championship, that yep. they are going to merge these two belts together to form the IWGP world title. So they are going to phase out the Intercontinental belt and make this a more prestigious one-shot title. Uh, in my, my, my mind, this is a good idea. It seems right now New Japan has a lot more titles than it really needs. Okay. Not only does it have those belts, it has the Never Championship. It has uh, the U.S. Championship. It seems like a ridiculous amount of championships for a company that isn't super, super big. Okay. Especially with the pandemic, they've lost a lot of their access to foreign wrestlers. Um, They're finding themselves at a reduced roster with a whole bunch of belts. And uh, and it's also good to note uh, coming up next week, and we'll probably I'll mention it and quickly talk about it uh, in the weeks coming up, uh, is the annual tradition of the IWGP heavyweight champion uh, wrestles the IWGP junior heavyweight champion in a special card they hold once a year. Usually this is a non-title affair. And this year, the junior heavyweight champion, the newly crowned El Desperado, has openly challenged Ibushi to put up his belt. Abushi has agreed to put up both belts. So this will be the last time these two titles will be defended before it is merged into one title. So El Desperado becomes one of the very first uh, junior. It's very rare that a junior heavyweight, while competing actively as a junior heavyweight, 
actually even challenges, even gets a non-title match, except for that one day, you know, except for the one, uh, one thing a year. This is a rarity. So this is pretty cool for El Desperado. We've talked about it. Me and Elio have talked in the past how it seemed like they were grooming him for a, a, an interesting singles run. He's been part of a tag team for quite a while. He's got a pretty cool look. And uh, he's a very good wrestler. So I'd say uh, let's check that out. Uh, looking at other news, we're looking at MLW right now. Tonight, which is a little hard one, I had to quickly skim through and see the highlights because for some dumb reason, MLW has decided to put their <laughs> show, their free show, on the same night that NXT and AEW do it, and they put their live version at the same time. So I'm That's not sure what audiences they – yeah, I'm not sure how they figure they're going to get any fans when everyone else is battling for the other two shows. But I took a quick look at uh, this week's thing, and I was intrigued. Uh, last year, we had Jordan Oliver and the group of Injustice, Myron Reed, and uh, I can't remember the other guy that they got rid of. But uh, – the, the, the injustice had been these kind of cocky um, heels that were, they weren't really chicken shits, but they were kind of like, they were really, they'd run away a lot, but they were also very aggravating. And the worst part is they did have legitimate gripes because there were times you saw referees kind of like going against them when, uh, when uh, things would happen. So, you know, it's, um, it's an interesting situation and they were definitely the bad guys, but over this time in the pandemic, things have switched and fans were starting to really start just like they tell you any good bad guy eventually gets enough respect that the fans just naturally turn them good guys by the way they wrestle well the way that uh, Myron Reed and Jordan Oliver had been carrying themselves in wrestling fans were starting to turn them and then last week Jordan Oliver came out and challenged Jacob Fatu out and out for a heavy heavyweight battle it was so bad Rick I would tell you to go look at last week's MLW commercial they put out for this this match, basically the promo, and I laughed so hard, I wish we could have played it, was the announcer saying, tune in this week when you see Jordan Oliver, for some suicidal reason, has decided to <laughs> take on Fatu. Come see as Injustice probably gets destroyed as Contra will probably murder these two idiots. <laughs> it was basically like, Bro, uh, are you giving these guys something. no chance? <laughs> I've, yeah. I've worked shows with Jordan Oliver before, mm -hmm. and he's a great kid. He, he's talented, but Man, oh man, is he gonna get his ass whooped? Yep. Well, Fatu. I'll tell you, he did take a bit of a beating, but he also took it to Fatu. I mean, the uh, beginning of the match before it starts, he ran over, jumped over the top ropes, and nailed Fatu and took him down right off the beginning. It was nonstop of him attacking Fatu as much as he could. In the end, this was all a setup, of course, at the end to uh, Calvin Tankman, who's the new big dude that they have in MLW, comes out to save the two Injustice guys before a contra destroys them as all Contra come out with their assassins and whatnot. Uh, so we're going to be obviously shifting towards Tankman, Calvin Tankman working against uh, Fatu down the road. So this is a nice setup. And this is also turning Injustice into the negative heroes that people like to, to cheer on. Now, for... did it did it quietly happen that uh, John Moxley defeated Kenta for the IWGP yes. US title? Yeah. Yes, I was actually going to bring that up. They defended it last week. Uh, after all the hype and after all the speculation, and I, you know what, it just stuck in my craw. I was like, they're not going to give to Kenta. They're going to they're going to hold out a little longer. And sure enough, Moxley did defend the title, did walk away, is still the IWGP US champion. Yeah, and nobody said a word. Nope, nope, no, no. Well, I mean, you knew it if you followed <laughs> New Japan. Well, what I'm saying, even with AEW, though, for having yeah. you know Kenta on the show. Yeah, yeah, very strange, eh? 
Yeah, you know, you could say, okay, well, Mox is coming, you know, fresh off his uh, his his title defense with Kenta as he uh, continues on the road to prepare for this uh, barbed wire exploding death ring match of hell or whatever. Of idiocy, yes. I'm still confused uh, by uh, this Impact and NJPW uh, working relationship. I, who knows where this is going? I think we have because, to Because, uh, again, and... this, this week, David Finley and uh, Chase Robinson appeared on, on Impact. Yes. After yeah, the good brothers are going to defend the titles against them now, right? At sacrifice, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, how the about sacrifice? Yeah. NWA, NWA clears out their whole YouTube library, and they're having a pay per view in April, I believe, uh, for twenty seven dollars. So they wiped out their whole YouTube channel, and they're like, it's like a they're starting all over, like they're repackaging everything in NWA. I don't even know what to say to that. $27. That's like big money, Matt, handing out $4,200. Let's do a pay-per-view for $27. Very odd numbering for sure. (laughs) But but bear in mind, 27 American, uh, and he's probably, you know, $300 Canadian. (laughs) I would never, listen, I wouldn't, the highest I would pay for an NWA pay-per-view with no build would probably be $5. I'm sorry. $4.99. That's five dollars more than I'm going to pay for an unknown <laughs> name of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what do they got? Nick Aldis and Serena D. I feel bad for him. I feel so bad for Nick Aldis. It's just talented like, man. Talented he can't man. catch a break with NWA. He can't catch a break anywhere in his career. I was Go so so, so happy to see. I was so happy to see NWA back. Like when we when they first started up bringing NWA mm-hmm. power. Yeah, it was a great show. He's looking forward to it every week. Now, I don't even know what to say to that, you know, and the last bit of thing I want to talk about before the news that somebody just handed me up here. um, The last thing I want to talk about wrestling wise is I'm very confused about ROH at the moment. Okay, ROH has been trying to make a comeback, trying to make uh, shift their gears a little, uh, present people. Here's how much they've shifted their gears. You're not going to believe this, Elio, but I watched last week's episode and I found Kenny King interesting. <laughs> Holy I've, been, shit. I've, been I found King. I've been seeing videos of him on uh, Facebook with the, with this new team of Roosh yeah. and uh, Dragon Lee. Yeah, and he's actually interesting. And then, okay, this is even worse. I actually enjoyed a match with Shane Taylor. <laughs> like, what the hell is happening? We spent what? all last year saying how much we couldn't stand these two. But the one thing, the, this is the one thing, and I'm going to ask this really quick. This is a question because we got to move on. Um, Okay, now I know, Rick, you've seen uh, NXT UK. I know me yep. and Andy have been very much not liking uh, this the British rounds junk that they try and yeah, do. The heritage, the, little, the heritage kind of matches, the British round things. Find it very removed from what we know and, and don't like it, right? Uh, right now, uh, I just watched uh, in ROH, they have a tag team championship contested under the pure rules. Now, the pure rules were this thing that they established years ago that died out, but they just brought it back. The whole point of the pure rules is it has a couple things that have to happen in matches. One, every match has to start with a handshake. If there's no handshake, the pure thing isn't considered. You're not allowed. You are allowed three rope breaks anytime in the match. If somebody puts you in a hold, you grab the ropes, you get a break. You get to that third break and you grab the ropes, you don't get released until you give up. That's one of the things. And the other thing is you have two or three warnings. If you throw a closed fist and the referee sees it, that's one warning. Second warning, then the third warning, you're done. Match is over. Almost so like trying... a 
yellow card. Yeah, yeah. It made, think, it made me think of the <laughs> old stampede stuff. But but it has it's supposed to be trying to promote uh, more scientific wrestling. And I'm wondering, guys, do we need the pure belt? Or do we need to like does wrestling need this kind of variance? Or does or is it exciting? Um, at one time I used to think the pure pure matches were awesome. I mean, Brian Danielson was the champion at one time. Uh, who's the British guy that uh Nigel. That we hate so much? Nigel. Uh, but now I'm questioning after watching this, considering that they, the belts shake changed hands when the referee turned around and uh, Dragon Lee punched uh, Jonathan Grisham straight in the face and knocked him out for the win. He actually <laughs> won by using the one thing you're not supposed to wow. do. So is this, is there room? Andy, do we need all this chichancery? Is it good? Is well, it bad? Is it add to the uh, richness or is it just, we don't really need this stuff. First of all, to that match, I mean, that's called cheating. That's that's being a heel. You know? Yeah. Not using, you know, not no, but I mean, just establishing a whole set of rules. This never happened before in any of the pure matches. It's going to happen at some point. I mean, that's like yeah. back in the day when getting thrown over the top rope or in your disqualification. True. But so, do we I need... don't, Yeah, but to answer the question, uh, you know, there, there may be a very small niche for it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, I think nowadays, and that's uh, – I, no, I, I, I don't think so. This, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of where I had this conversation. I'm trying to think if this was one of from, – from our podcast or if it was a conversation I was having with somebody else. But, you know, when they talk about, oh, like pure wrestling and just wrestling, maybe this was even from a thought from my head from uh, our, our most recently uh, recorded episode of WPOV Quarantine mm-hmm. uh, that has a, a masterful guest. <laughs> um, it's just like you know, like it's 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 amateur wrestling, science, straight scientific wrestling. It it doesn't draw big numbers. Amateur wrestling is not a big thing. You know, I don't know if they did or they were talking at some point about pulling amateur yeah. wrestling from the Olympics. Yeah, which they to didn't. me, did they do it? No, I don't. Yeah, actually, yes, they did. Yes, they did. I'm Ridiculous, sure they did. insane. But it's it's funny because I'll say that, but at the same time. You know, I know there's not a big audience for it. There's not a big draw for yeah, it. There isn't. You know, people, you always say, oh, you watch, you're watching wrestling. When is it? You know, people might go, oh, what, the fake stuff? Oh, WWF, WWE. But you're still going to get that more than amateur wrestling. And to watch the scientific wrestling and stuff, it's a, it's a different time. It's a different society. It's a different world. Uh, it's, I don't know that it really has. Has a place anymore. No, not a, not a, not a you know, there's. There's other stuff that could probably fill your time and draw draw viewers, draw attention better than that. Okay. Rick, do we need these I kind have, of things? You know, I'm a huge fan of the Timothy Thatchers in this world and mm-hmm. the, the British style of uh, uh, doing joint manipulation and stuff like that, mat mm-hmm. wrestling and stuff right, like but that. Still wrestling within, but they're still wrestling in the constriction of regular wrestling when they do that. Yeah, yeah. So That's just like, the style, yeah. If if pure wrestling was to add a little bit of that to it, I think I would enjoy it more. I, mm-hmm. I can tell you right now, I, I, I prefer pure over Heritage Cup. That is garbage. <laughs> yeah, that, British rounds wrestling rounds, is... Six rounds of three minutes, it just doesn't make sense to me. And um, it's legit. By well, the way, it's the legit. That's, they used to wrestle yeah. like that in the 70s and the 60s in Britain. Okay, well, sorry. the Heritage Cup needs to get there, go to AEW and get that cup because that cup, that women's trophy that they got today, runner-up trophy, to hold around because that Heritage <laughs> Cup is way too big. But pure wrestling, I 
I can get behind it. You know, okay. um, ROH needs something to stand out and be different. So mm-hmm. I, I, I remember you guys talking about it last year, and I was like, wow, that's interesting. So um, I think keep it around as long as you can. As long as you're still on TV, you got something. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Elio, do we need this kind of uh, specialty matches or no? Well, they had the Pure Championship Tournament last year. I enjoyed watching it. So, yeah, I prefer the Pure, the pure over the um, Heritage Cup. The okay, Heritage but that isn't a question. <laughs> no, yeah, I, okay. I think, yeah, I'm a fan of the Pure Wrestling. So you're a fan of having these. Okay. I just want to say this. Um, I remember, do you guys remember the days? Or maybe you guys don't. Maybe you're not old enough as me and Andy. But uh, do you guys remember the days where when you looked for wrestling, you had to look for wrestling? I couldn't just turn on a thing called YouTube and pull out hours and hours of wrestling. Wrestling was something I had to hunt down on channels, look for things. And when I got it, it was awesome. And I love the fact I got it. Well, that's when stuff like this was interesting because you were so hungry to find these things that any variation of wrestling seemed cool and unique. Today, there is so much wrestling at the tip of our fingers that I think this stuff just becomes schlocky, whatever. Why would you want to do that when the major companies have X amount of wrestling every single week? Do I need to hunt down some obscure wrestling? I, I don't think there's it's there's a fit for it anywhere in this world, and I don't think ROH is going to uh, break out or make themselves any market because they do something different. They're just going to be looked at as less as a niche thing. You know what I mean? Um, and I yeah, the British thing. God, stay away from that crap. It's not WWE Britain, guys. It's UK. It's a you know what I mean? It's a, it's it's a whole new thing. Um, so, yeah, I was just curious about that because I've noticed this, some people trying this, but I think it's like death matches. It's like a very yeah. small niche that you're going to look for it. I don't think you're going to wa- discover it and decide, you know, 100,000 viewers aren't going to decide, oh, that's different. Let's watch this every week. I, yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. All right. So before we go on to our break, Elio, if you want to write in and tell people how you wish Rick Serrano the third had retired and not Miguel Cole, where would you write? <laughs> You can write to us on Facebook at Wrestling POV Podcast, Instagram at Wrestling POV One, and Twitter at Wrestling POV. Excellent. And because I'm feeling super lazy today, Rick, where can you find this show and all the other fine shows upon our network? Well, it's very simple, TJ. Uh, you can find this show, Wrestling POV Global, every Friday on iTunes, YouTube, Poppy, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn Radio for free every week um, with these great sexy hosts, uh, TJ Logan, Andy Anderson, Elio Canella, uh, they discuss everything AEW, New Japan. They throw a little NWA in there today. They throw a little bit of everything in there. Uh, you got me, Tony Diaz, and Clay Cummings every Saturday. We cover everything WWE. Uh, you don't want to miss that. Um, of course, you have WPOV Quarantine uh, every Wednesday, our Zoom-based show where you have TJ Logan, Elio, Andy, myself every now and then. And we have big names, D'Lo Brown. T- uh, d- 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 come on, guys, help me Savio out. Savio Vega. Vega. Bushwhacker, Luke, Ron Luke. Fuller. Yeah. And, and you coming know up what? this week, Kevin Sullivan. This, this Kevin was Sullivan. a great show. I had a hard time wiping the smile off my face. Listening it was to really Kevin good. Sullivan it was really good. Nice. Kevin Sullivan appears on WPOB Quarantine next week on Wednesday. You don't want to miss that episode. Great job by these guys. Um, and of course, we have aftermath, and I have to tell you, we will be having a 
Wrestling POV Aftermath show after this AEW pay-per-view this Sunday, so you don't want to miss out on that as we're going to go in detail of this pay-per-view, so don't miss out on that. Is there going to be uh, the points game for this pay-per-view? We don't usually do it for AEW stuff. Just no? Usually just WWE? Yes. Okay, okay. But, I'm, sure uh, there's li- I'm sure there's listeners that want to know, so I'm asking. Yeah. No, and that's a great thing to know because we did once upon a time have it, and I was the first ever. God, you had to bring this up, did you? You had to bring it. See what you do, Damn Andy. it, Andy. See, Andy, this is why <laughs> I'm not. No, 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 no. This is why I'm not even going to let you hawk T-shirts. I brought in a special guest. Last couple weeks, you've been shit in the bed. You haven't been doing great on those. You tried to do Don West, so I brought in special guests, wrestlers from the past. Now. Today, I am bringing in, I got, I actually went into our time machine, the one oh, no. we used to do our episode. Oh, no. I went oh, no. back to 1999, and I brought The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, who will now tell us about the t-shirts available at ProWrestlingTees.com, backslash, whatever. <laughs> Finally, t-shirts have come to ProWrestlingTees.com backslash wrestling POV. So the millions fans listening to the WPOV network around the world can get their t-shirts. Do you know how many t-shirts there are, Rick Serrano the third? No clue. It doesn't matter how many t-shirts there are, you jabroni! that matters is you take yourself down Smackdown Boulevard to the corner of ProWrestlingTees.com and the corner of Wrestling POV. You find one of those four t-shirts. Don't look at me like that. Don't look at, don't look at The Rock like that when I'm hawking t-shirts. Sorry. You find one of those wrestling t-shirts, those wrestling POV t-shirts. Yeah, I may have screwed up. Shut up. The Rock is talking. This is now The Rock's podcast. I'm selling The Rock's wrestling POV t-shirts. Shh, listen. POV, 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 POV. That's The Rock's, the people's podcast. The people's wrestling podcast. POV t-shirts 19.99 I know all you pie eating eyebrow raising you know what you don't even deserve the rocks catchphrase for that one just go to prowrestlingtees.com backslash wrestling POV find yourself one of those t-shirts order one of those t-shirts and maybe just maybe one day You'll be as cool as Elio Canella. If you smell what the rock is cooking. Well, there you go, folks. Uh, I just put rock back in the Wayback Machine. Wow, that was another shirt he was wearing. Ooh, you should be, Elio. He really likes you a little bit weirdly. <laughs> Anyhow, folks, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to go balls deep into AEW. Hey, this is Dirty Duke Durango, and you're listening to WPOV Wrestling. Hey, folks, we're back. It's now time for our deep look into this week's AEW Dynamite. 
dynamite. And first of all, I want to preference by saying, as much as we watch this show every week, did you guys find it slightly confusing about what the hell actual nights and matches and what things are? I mean, I had to look up again at the beginning and go, oh, that's who's fighting tonight. Oh, that's who's fighting tonight? Oh, okay. It's, I wish they were a little clearer with, <laughs> with what the hell's going on sometimes in AEW. But for I thought inst- Shaq was on the pay-per-view. Who did I? I, I didn't know he was fighting tonight. <laughs> well, when Cody came out, first the show opens up with uh, our 74-minute version of his entrance music as uh, Cody Rhodes comes out, as always, on the Cody Rhodes show. Uh, poor poor Red Velvet gets... Did she even get music? I, I got so bored, I just fast-forwarded. His, his entrance was so freaking long, I just forwarded it. And then when, and even at this point... I didn't when 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 Shaq and our first I guess Jay Cargo came, I was like, "Holy shit, that's tonight!" <laughs> I thought that was Saturday. Um, wow, uh, interesting match in the fact that uh, this had the weirdest buildup. We've we've complained about this for a long time. Poor Red Velvet. We knew Red Velvet was taking the pin. I mean, that's what she was there for. Uh, they've talked. Sometimes about Jade Cargill, sometimes about Shaq, sometimes about... They never talk about poor Red Velvet. He knew she was going to get her butt kicked here. Um, The match happens. First off, Shaq? Frick, that guy is big. I never really realized how big he is till he's next (laughs) to normal-sized people. He was a freaking... a very bored looking monster. He has a <laughs> on his face like he's bored about everything in life. Yeah, that, that's just his normal look. Yeah. yeah. Does not work for wrestling. I'm going to wrestle tonight. I did it for the rock. Ran him over with a car. Anyways, uh, Jade Cargill comes out. Man, she is like an Amazon. However, as Andy has sent me a thing, she is five foot ten. Yet we continually had uh, Tony Schiavone and Jr. kept saying she's got to be six two or six three. And longtime wrestling fans know that's how wrestling uh, measurements work. Always yep. add on fifty pounds or four inches or five inches. It's it's just you know the way it works. I'm sure if Andre, well, that's still a big in, woman. Still a big still woman. Yeah. Though. And let's face it, Red Velvet's got to be what five four. She's got to be pretty darn small because she looked she looked like yeah. a midget out there. I'm going to say this, though. For all the hype, Jade did way a hell of a lot better than I thought she would. And I have been cooking in the oven right now a generous amount of crow for Andy Anderson, who gave absolutely no, no uh, quarter for Jade Cargill. He continually said that he did not have any faith in her. Andy, were you won over a little bit by, and I'm not saying the match, but at least by what she did tonight. I'm going to say this to start. Uh, there will be no crow for, for me to eat because mm-hmm. even though I said that, I, ho- I said, I hope I'm wrong. You hope yes. you're wrong. Yeah. And, and you know what? And, and I will say, uh, thankfully, for the sake of the wrestling business or, and the AEW program, mm-hmm. uh, I was wrong. So okay. I, I'm, I'm happy to say that I don't, to me, I, I don't look at that as eating crow because if I just went on a bender saying, nope, 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 you know, it's going to suck. It's going to suck. It's going to suck. That's mm-hmm. it. It's, you know, no point. Yeah. But Andy, that's like me saying, Hey, this is my girlfriend. Oh, she's fucking ugly, but I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> it's still, it's still I, no, no, that's not the same. That's okay. really weird. I don't know. That's, how that's you... so weird. That's, yeah, that's, I, I don't know where that came from. 
Yeah, no, that doesn't work. It's some serious backtracking. No, no, I think you need to do the serious backtracking with that comparison. I think we need to rewind the tape so Tom can. I think Tom wants to eat some crow. Yeah, yeah, I think you need to eat crow for that. Guys, I've never for anything. I've never taken responsibility for anything in my life. It's not going to happen on this show. So, <laughs> but uh, no. So you know what though? Like overall, um, okay. I'll start with the positives, just because that's okay, kind yeah. of how we're hitting here. Um, no, Shaq. Shaq was good. Uh, everybody, everybody was good. I mean, there was a few things. You know, a few little misses here yep. and there. Um, Cody. No selling essentially a power bomb from a seven foot guy. Okay, that was ridiculous. A I, great power bomb, by the yeah, way. Yes, yeah. a very yes, yes. So that I mean, you know, we'll throw a couple of those hiccups aside. Uh, but no, Shaq looked good. He he moved around pretty well. Uh, general ring awareness was was good. I thought uh, it's funny. I mean, you know, for those of you that don't know, and, and maybe this is something that you pick up on or you don't. Normally, with a tag team match with the, the hard camera, so the main camera where we get our, our view of the ring. If there's a tag team match, what you want to avoid is having your butt sticking out towards the camera. So yeah. if you watch, usually with tag teams, uh, the guys that are kind of closest to the camera and that, that closer corner, they're always kind of standing to the right, kind of mm-hmm. off the side, so you kind of see the side view. Yep. And Shaq, I mean, and Shaq's a big guy, so it really doesn't help his cause because he really yeah. stands out when he's got his back to the camera and you, yeah. you can see that eventually, cause there was a spot going, cause that, that was leading into the table spot. Yeah. So I guess, you know, like to me, at least if they would have started him off maybe on the proper side and then if Cody was goading him or something was happening, he comes around the post and then gets kind of in, into position, but it's just kind of like, and I think I even messaged the group. I'm like, please yeah. somebody like tell Shaq to move. Cause he's blocking the camera. Yeah, exactly. Um, but exactly. Uh, you know, but I, I'm yeah, whatever. Uh, and, and Jade, her and, I mean, I guess, you know, if her and, and Velvet had time to work together, uh, this is the first time, I don't know if I say we, we've seen her work or just mm-hmm. I've seen her work. No, we. Uh, okay. So, you know, obviously there's, there's lots of room for improvement, but mm-hmm. for what it was, she did well. Okay. I, I think even more so now, what becomes my issue with this, and this is kind of what you touched on when you were introducing the match, was mm-hmm. how poorly promoted this was. Yeah. how poorly this was set up you know when wwe brings in a celebrity whether it's bad bunny bob barker or whoever else mm-hmm. you know when they're going to be on the show you know they're going to be on the show you're doing yeah. you know they're doing stuff on the show and it's got that celebrity big show no pun intended uh feel ah. no more bs uh it didn't feel you know especially like to have it as the opening match. And the only reason I can justify this is like, okay, well, if we get people, you know, tuning in right away and watching this, maybe they're going to stay and watch the rest of the show. Steal them from NXT. Yeah. Yeah. But, off the hop. but if people hardly know or are confused that mm-hmm. they're going to be on the show tonight to begin with, what difference does, I mean, I shouldn't say what yeah. difference does it make? Like, what the hell? And that's, that's the other thing, like, you know, the, the, the animosity, the storyline was weak. I mean, whether oh. or not that's because of Brandy getting pregnant, maybe they had to change gears. I don't well, know. It was pretty weak when she was still in the coach. Yeah, uh, that's fair. <laughs> uh, it just, it, it was very, I don't want to say indie. It just, to me, no. it, just, it was just very It was poorly, low budget. 
no, it was yeah, low budget. It was just very poorly done. And mm-hmm. I, well, here's me, the thing. Okay, sorry. Oh no, I just to me this, and and, and, and you know, for as well as things went, I don't want to take away from that. Mm-hmm. But this had the potential to be so much more. I was worried yeah. about this being just like a total gong show. Yeah. And at that point, you know, like for the way this was, had it been a gong show, I think it would have been okay because it kind of probably just could have got swept under the rug. Yeah. You know, and it wouldn't have mattered. But because, especially because of the fact that this went over pretty well, man, they should have been hyping this, you know, like everywhere, everything. The buildup should have been stronger. This should have been the main event. Mm-hmm. You know, it you could have had Shaq, for God's sakes. Well, maybe that speaks to his celebrity status or maybe not as much as they thought. I don't know. I don't know. Or is he DJ Diesel now? I know he's a DJ. Anyways. He's Kazam. He's Kazam. <laughs> no, Elio is Kazam. Uh, Kazam. When he got in the ring, guys, and Shaq did that little shuffle with his feet before they started, I went, oh, God, this is going to be horrendously bad. That was my first thought. And then it actually wasn't. You know, Jade did a few things that were pretty cool. My favorite part of her, when she was mocking uh, Red Velvet, when she threw her down, did a few things, and then yeah, started doing this the, yeah. a lot of charismatic, charismatic stuff. And really a big boo on the AEW cameraman. I mean, Red Velvet's best freaking move, we didn't even see it. Nope. <laughs> you know, they cut away so badly. And Horrible then she cut. got, she, they, she spear, apparently she speared uh, Jade Cargill. We'll never know. Maybe just a couple hundred people that were there that saw it. But uh, Rick, I know you disagree with us in the beginning of this. I have the thing of Andy is I felt the problem with this match is it just felt flat at the end. You could go next week and accept the fact that Jade Cargill finally made her debut. This match could be just a forgotten something. Nothing special really happened. No, I totally, like like you said, I totally disagree. I thought this was a solid match. You know, I thought it was, first of all, I wish this would have been the main event. Because it would have kept me around to want to watch it. Like, I honestly watched this show because I was going to be on tonight. Otherwise, I would have been like, let me go to NXT. Because Shaq and Jade were so impressive. I mean, yeah, we could nitpick at some spots. But for Shaq to take that table spot, Mm -hmm. that's not a lot of room for a seven-footer to be landing on those tables with that guardrail right there. And he did it cleanly. And Mm -hmm. and I even love – I always love seeing little tap on the back to let them know they're all right. Like Shaq tapped Cody to be like, yeah, I'm yeah. right. Yeah. Um, and and like, actually, uh, after, like, you know what? Sorry. After that, there was also, I don't know if you guys noticed, but even with uh, Jaden Red Velvet, right near the end, they were doing the, one of the reversals, and there was like a very deliberate tap too. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's just one of those, those are the kind of moments that make me feel like, yeah, wrestling is pretty fucking cool. But mm-hmm. like I said, there was a point where Shaq sandbagged Cody uh, on the on the slam, Shaq just didn't get up. He didn't grab onto Cody's thigh like he was supposed to, so he just fell flat. Um, but other than that, I thought it was great. I think Jade Cargill is the cat's meow. Give her the strap. And I know I said that, and I know I shocked you guys with that. Give her the belt because, honestly, she's the best thing going in the women's division up oh, against no, boring no, ass no, 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 no. Boring <laughs> ass cheetah. Cut, cut his, <laughs> cut his mic. Because he doesn't know shit about women's <laughs> wrestling in AEW. 
Sheeta has really she shown herself boring. to be a pretty damn good wrestler. I'm sorry, maybe she's not. She's uh, great. Tits hanging out like WWE girls, but she's a damn good wrestler. In the last couple of weeks, we've she's seen great. Thunder Rosa rise up. We've seen Serena Deeb be technically great. We've seen uh, Ly- Layla Hirsch. We've seen uh, even stuff. Even uh, a girl like Taya Conte just starting off. There, the division now is awake, man. There is a lot of good wrestlers. Yeah. There. I think Jade's going to do good. Jade but Cargill easy there, Tony Khan. You don't need to push her on the thing right now. <laughs> and, and you know what, no, though? She, she, no, right I don't out. give it the belt right no. away. Can't get the, and another thing right that's diff- that's a little bit different here. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I guess I shouldn't say different. Well, eh. But like, let's be honest. You know, she had a good showing in the ring. But mm-hmm. everything she's done promo-wise, vignette-wise, prior to this, has been subpar. Yeah. Subpar indeed. So Rick, I, I was slow, you know, yeah. Yeah. Slow, slow your roll. And Rick, listen, we're not saying this wasn't a good itself, match. Man. Okay, we're not saying Brian Cage a- has an awesome physique. Let's but let's make yeah. him the world champ. No, let's never Who better? Who better? But get a belt. And I don't mean the FTW one. Yeah. And here's the thing, Rick. Um, we're not denying that was a good match. It was no, interesting. Yeah, it was a good match. But the shitty buildup, the shitty way they set it out there everything is going to tomorrow no one's going to remember this match except oh who was that big tall girl with Shaq they're not going to really remember it as spectacular where it should have been holy crap Shaq went through a table holy crap blah 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 there is none of that in there because of the way it was poorly presented to us and that's what we're saying yeah it's it's like look at this way if you you know forget about who you know these are AEW wrestlers if you took the same four and gave WWE a month to promote this and build this oh, yeah. versus AEW's promotion and build up. To me, this would be night and day. And this would be like mainstream, not yeah. just, you know, inside uh, the NBA or whatever. This, you know, this would have major coverage compared to, oh, no, that I agree was with tonight. that for sure. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I was just saying. We just felt like that this was a great opportunity, pissed away, you know? Uh, Shaq should have been the superstar that gave such a rub for just being Jay Cargill, just being with him. But now it's not because of the presentation. It just did not achieve what it could have achieved. And to that, can I make one other point? Yep. You know, and this is something that we talk about quite often. And uh, actually to make another tie in to uh, our most recently recorded uh, episode of WPOV uh, quarantine with the taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan and, and talking about booking heels. Mm-hmm. Were Jade and Shaq really heels tonight? Yeah, why were they heels? What do they do to make them heels? Other other than, mm-hmm. oh, oh, I don't like you, Cody. I don't like you, Brandy. I don't like your red velvet. Shaq uh, called Cody, Cody Cupcakes. That's what that's Cody what Cup- <laughs> Well, I guess in 2021, that's pretty offensive. So I, I can see that. But, 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 you know, but along with, that's I'm just, you know, we talk about the buildup. Yeah. There, there's no heat. There's not really like the 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 dissension, the animosity, mm-hmm. you know. And then when they came out, it's not like, you know, not like Shaq and Jade were really cheating. I mean, you know, they're being a little yeah, cocky. They didn't actually, yeah, they were cocky. But they they no, but Shaq did have his moments where he attacked the Gun Club. He uh, went after yeah. QT. Yeah. Go back. Oh. The Gun Club hit him with a chair first. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. He wasn't even near them. Yeah, that guy, sure, sure. Well, the guns hit him with and, a chair. And QT. What was he doing in Shaq and Jade's corner? He's part of the Nightmare family. Uh, he actually <laughs> trained them, remember? 
We're not supposed to remember that you trained them. <laughs> Sorry. Rick, if you wonder, just because we found out that Jade Cargill and uh, Shaq have been training at QT, who happens to be with Cody Rhodes. Yeah. They're all yeah. training together for this match. So it's like, Jesus. So who's the worst friend, Hulk Hogan, Sting, or QT Marshall? Ooh, I'm going to say Arn Anderson. Episode. I'm going to say Arn Anderson. Oh, we'll get to Arn Anderson. get to Arn Anderson. Yeah, I mean, what the hell were they attacking him with a chair for? He wasn't even near them. I this and yeah. that 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 was he was the heel. Yeah, yeah. Because he defended himself after getting hit with a chair. What a heel. oh, there are no heels. Well, that's mm. why you don't have that heat, and that was not as you know big a thing as it could be. Uh, well, okay. tune to AEW heels, and you'll get some heels. There. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, so, anyone else want to throw anything else? Elio, do you want to throw anything else into this match? I mean, basically, uh, we are, we basically covered everything. Uh, what oh, I we did. Jade, I enjoyed Jade coming a lot. Like I said uh, last week, this was our topic for last week. I I went in. I saying that uh, this match would would surprise. I thought this match was going to surprise us and be better than it was, and uh, I was fine with this. I enjoyed it. That's why he's a champ, Elio. I got to say the most the, the most uh, ironic thing about this entire match: the one person who came out of here with I have a way better look at now, who I think have much more respect for as a wrestler, is Red Velvet. Yeah. I never really cared anything about her, and she really came today. Really did the stuff. She ate the pin in the end, but she really put in some work. And I was like, "Huh, I guess we got another girl woken up in the division now. They're, the the women's division is going to get stronger." Because the whole time I was like, "Red Velvet, yep, she's the throwaway. She yeah. she uh, acquitted she herself." She made really Jane well. look like a wrestler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, uh, okay. And I don't even know. Do we even want to talk about the stupidity of the huh. going to the ambulance and? <laughs> And they open it, and Tony Schiavone runs out to the – what was he going to interview the fucking paramedic? I'm not sure yeah. what the point of that was. But he runs out with his mic, opens the door. Shaq's gone. The EMT is like, I don't know. I only get paid by the hour, man. I don't really care. What the hell? <laughs> it wasn't just that. Again, we talked about setup and stuff. It was like yeah. we see Shaq get loaded into the ambulance. And he laid there a long time after he got yep. slapped. He and then, like, and then it's like, and then we get the we get the the cut back to to Jr. And yeah. it's like, oh, we're going to Tony. Tony's there now. And it's like right back to Tony. And it's <laughs> it's like you said. It's and even Rick said it's like you open it up and it's like the 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 EMT's just there, like like nothing. Like, <laughs> dude. Dude, dude, where's my patient? <laughs> you just lost Jack. You lost a seven foot dude. What the hell? <laughs> well, I don't know. I just get so, like, why didn't Tony even out? Like, where, where's Shaq? Yeah, yeah. So, like, and one of you guys said the thing is like, oh, is he the fiend now? Like, yeah. It's like, I don't know, guys. It's, it's and then when they, when they went to commercial, they had that commercial with Shaq in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There he was. Like, see, that's where he went. He went to do his commercial. He went to go hawk something. <laughs> hey, hey, pal, we got we to get this commercial. Hey, pal, we're live. <laughs> uh, okay, can we retake that? No, um, <laughs> no, we can't. All right. Uh, after that, we go off to. Now, this was funny because that was such a weird thing. And then you go to this next match, and I got to tell you guys, it happened so fast. I didn't even know who the hell they were fighting. I got uh, one no, guy's I name. Sean Skyler. That's uh, what I got. Skyler yeah, I got it written D3. here. I got it written here, but I mean, 
like when when I was watching it was like who are the people being squashed here like no who who is the other dark guy? order dude I did I didn't you know it took me a few minutes eh? yeah uh, so Ray Phoenix and pa, Pac come out and they just kick the crap out of John Skyler in D three pretty quick squash match okay uh, as squash matches go um, I guess the reason I'm not the biggest of this one is just that fact is like it happened and it was like oh next you know I didn't so really the buy the triangle heels yeah. now who knows buddy. Who knows? Uh, AEW yeah. is very confusing. Because there are no heels and faces. We're not kidding there's, you. There's, We're not being dicks. We, we have there's no faces. There's faces, but there's not heels. Yeah. So there's faces, <laughs> and then there's the not so nice faces. And, ah. I, I just took it as a I just took this as a palate cleanser. Mm. It was, you know, it those was. Matches, that's all it was, it's just a palate cleanser. Yeah. Did anyone get anything out of this match? I, I just I just have a, it was when it was a squash match. Yeah, I mean, Ray Phoenix did a nice-looking <laughs> run and kick to the face on the rope. That's about all I really remember in the match. Yeah. Uh, okay, so then we uh, – oh, God. <laughs> I hate how the fact AEW sometimes tries to say we're trying to be different from WWE. We're not going to do the same crap. And then they do these press conferences and these stupid skits, town hall meetings, and all this bullshit that's right out of Raw from whatever freaking year you want. And, of course, it's Chris Jericho – because he's the innovator who's just copying the same shit he's done like 10, 15 years ago. So they come out with this ridiculous uh, press conference. So well put together that the first guy, who knows even what that guy said? Because basically it was like, (laughs) and and Jericho answers it without really referencing what the hell was just said to him. I don't know. (laughs) But of course, we have to get Eric Bischoff. (laughs) Eric Bischoff has to pop up and say... Yeah, and he always does that. Notice this? He'll say one thing, and then the second thing will be a very cutting thing that you wish you could say to somebody. And you're like, why does he get the good lines instead of the wrestlers? You know, Because he's Eric Bischoff. Because he's Eric Bischoff. The only highlight of this was, I think he called somebody turkey titties? There's turkey tits? Is that MJF what, uh, called somebody turkey, called one of the guys asking questions turkey yeah. tits. Yeah, turkey tits. Yeah, and did, I think did you we see all pop for that. Did you see the prestigious um, outlet that he came from? Because it's supposed to be like reporters, because they're each coming out from outlets. Did you guys catch what his outlet was? That guy. They were all from. Yeah, Wasn't that was Conrad Bainer. He was. He was J- Jr.'s. He was yeah. Jr.'s co-host for the Grilling with Jr. podcast. <laughs> Jesus Christ, guys! Can't you even make up some fake fucking news outlets? Like, jeez. Okay. Uh, so yeah, what did you? I I obviously thought this was a, a pretty stupid waste of time. Anyone yeah. want to weigh in something else on this? Well, did what this else and then we had it? we had the young bucks come in. Oh yeah, uh, we'll get to that. But this okay. actual well, setup uh, and stuff. Oh, did, did you catch the Rosie O'Donnell reference? Yeah, yeah, they've been they've used that how many times now? Uh, like, you know, I, I that's uh, you know what uh, I didn't get anything out of this. Young bucks came out. Um, yeah. The whole setup with this was to just ask, everything was a waste. Yeah, well, the whole thing out of this was a waste of time to get us to get to Bischoff saying, "Was it a good idea to piss off the young bucks to give them the motivation for them to come out after Papa Buck?" Yeah, okay, and let's get on with Papa Buck. What? What the hell? When did he? De- when did it was decided that everyone's going to start calling him Papa Buck? Because Jericho's calling him Papa Buck, Bischoff's calling him Papa Buck. We don't I'm even know this fucking character. Buck. Yeah, I don't, I don't mean, know what else to call him. It's an old buck. <laughs> yeah, old buck is better. I mean, <laughs> it's just like they made him, they've cemented him into some kind of character who was never there before. It's like yeah. a sitcom where they introduce a character and we're supposed to believe that he's lived next door for the last 10 years. He just never came. We never saw him on camera, but he was always part of the sitcom. I got you know? it. You know what? 
let's yeah. take a page because so much of the stuff comes from WWE, whether people want yeah. to admit it or not. Let's go the Chavo senior and junior route. He could be classic Buck. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so, okay, this is the part, and, and Andy, I think, agreed with me because we were texting each other back and forth. Hey, well, would that make him Papa classic? Papa classic. No, classic Papa. Classic Papa. Papa. Papa Classic almost sounds like that's like an A&W burger. <laughs> oh, it does. Should... I'm hungry. Let's go get some money. Anyways, um, so after this, this is all a setup to get the Young Bucks out there. They come out. They attack two on five. But then out comes Brandon Cutler and uh, the Good Brothers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the Good Brothers. And then because we know the Good Brothers, because of the way they act, I'm sorry, but the vibe just changed where this didn't feel like they were the good guys anymore. They started off as the good guys in this, but then what they're doing to uh, Proud and Powerful, that seemed like the heel thing to do. Yeah. So once again, I was super confused. I get that like, the Young Bucks are just the worst good guys in the world because they do such dick things that you automatically, even though you know you're supposed to be cheering them, you're kind of like, well, that's a fucking dick move. <laughs> yeah, but you got to understand, we were all rallying behind them because like, man, wouldn't you be upset if your dad got beat up and, and stuff? And wouldn't you go and want to kick those guys' ass and stuff? Like, wouldn't you like, I don't know. I'm trying. I'm, I don't know. Doesn't, I know. doesn't the dad look like Quentin Tarantino a little bit? Yes. <laughs> I thought it was Rick Morton, to be honest, guys. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's another actor and I, I might have to try and look up to see what shows he was in, but mm -hmm. uh Actually, oh, here's two actors. One of them is the uh, the guy that was the dad in uh, Step Brothers. I don't know if you remember what he looks like. Oh, I guess. Yes. Kind of the yes. And that's, there's yep. one of them, and then there's another. Uh, there's another guy, and I'll have to look him up. But that's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, just a lot just... of table spots tonight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They had three table spots. Normally, you don't see that as much. I thought it was good. Um, Normally, WWE's been having the trouble with table spots lately where they can't break the fucking table. Yeah. AEW, they bought the good ones. They were like, <laughs> <laughs> like these shits are going to break. So yeah. they, they did a good job with that. Uh, anyone want to throw anything else about the press conference and the resulting end battle here? I just want to add that it was just all over the place. and mm -hmm. But I did like the action. The, the, the five on five attack, I thought that was pretty cool. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's confusing as hell. Yeah, but it was the really was well good. done. Yeah, and the, yeah. the table spots were pretty, pretty. It, it was sure very much Matt, like Hardy Boy stuff going yeah. up the ladder yeah. and doing that. You know, it didn't feel Young Bucks. It felt like the Hardy Boys. So, yeah. Hmm. All right. Uh, let's see. Moving on. Um, let's see. Du, 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 du. We had, du, 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 du. Okay. FT, well, we had a recap of the. Oh, God. Yeah. Now, this is where I've got it. Once again, this just doesn't. They discuss. Um, the exploding barbed wire match. Yeah. They even bring in uh, from for Onita. wrestler yeah. Onita, who's he's a classic death match guy. This is his like big thing. So here's the problem though: who really knew him? If you didn't know him, yeah. they just put Onita. You're like, huh? Who? And then, my God, if you're gonna show uh, footages of this kind of match, don't make it look like some shitty camcorder outside. Like this made it look like indie indie. You know what I mean? It was I like saw that. that was terrible. It was such bad footage looking, like even just shot, that I'm thinking, you're going to have a massive pay-per-view. The main event is going to be this kind of match, and you're putting up this crap that like backyard wrestlers could have done. You know what though? For what that was, mm -hmm. they all they have is probably VHS. 
They're probably yeah. Yeah. Like, they're like real tapes. Like uh, from my past, I mean, working a lot in in Puerto Rico when I did, mm-hmm. uh, I did a lot of stuff of kind of organizing, putting together, and even selling videotapes. Uh, I mean, with you know, working with Victor Quinones, uh, you know, who was big in FMW in Japan and you know, big with these death matches and stuff, and also in Puerto Rico. I, to the best of my knowledge, that's all there was was the videotapes whoever they originally did like to record those i don't think there is anything i mean you know so maybe what we were seeing i mean to me it looked like it was almost like third generation or fourth generation so mm-hmm. that might be a bit of a you know i'm sure someone has to have like an actual tape that they you know you probably even take put it you on your tv and record them. i think you could you could even them. record you could probably put it on tv like the original yeah. like video cassette and record it you know with your iphone and mm-hmm. probably get something better than what they showed but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I th- I don't know that there'd be a lot of actual great footage because that's what mid mid nineties. Well, here's the problem with this though. Does any of that, if you were on the fence at all about this match or slightly wondering, what they showed you tonight, did that lure you in to want to pay money to see that? No, because no. it just looked like crap. You know, I mean, if you show something in a crappy way you automatically think it's crap. This match has it going hard enough right now where you're trying to throw guys like Onita, who I only know him because I cover wrestling. If I was a fan, a casual fan who just watched these shows, I'd have no clue who that was. Just some Japanese guy talking about this stuff. Like, Didn't they show a video of um, that, the last the um, barbed wire from last year's revolution? Yeah. yeah. I, thought, I thought I noticed uh, that little spider web of a barbed wire. You know, to be honest... I don't you know, even remember this, that. The, oh, the smartest thing they could have done, really, why not just make your own fake little match, film something, some generic guys that you blurred out their faces or whatever, show that, at least you get the setting and the lights and people think it's spectacular. You don't have to say where it's from. You don't even have to. You just like deathmatch footage, you know, whatever, to give people an idea of what it is, maybe even make it look kind of a bit spectacular. And you sell make it. Look like a horror, horror movie uh, trailer. Yeah. yeah. But this just did not like work. a cinematic a match. Bad. Yeah, make it, yeah. No, yeah. Like, like make that make it look like it's a, a commercial trailer. Yeah, barbed yeah. wire, blood, guys yeah. screaming, whatever. Um, but I gotta tell you guys, mm. when I think of Kenny Omega, I think of one of the best goddamn wrestlers to walk on the planet. Yeah, I don't so I see Kenny Omega in a barbed wire fucking exploding ring match. It Either doesn't do make sense. It's this is your it. title, AEW title, is in a a, a novelty. Match a niche, yeah. it's exactly how we've been talking about this, Rick. It's, I, I mean, I get Moxley, he Moxley's as idiot. Yeah. He's, he's he's trained from CZW, he liked this hardcore stuff in the beginning. When he came over, he was like, I'm going to go to Japan and do all these hardcore matches, and you know, okay, maybe that's his flavor, but I don't associate Kenny Omega either with this. And I know why would he want to do this? I, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not understanding a lot of this. Uh, let's move on now to a match where. I wasn't sure, but I got to tell you guys, I really enjoyed this match for many reasons. There were some problems in it, but you got to expect that when you have a guy who hasn't wrestled for a very long time. There were a few miscues and things, but overall, the mixture of some really good wrestling mixed with nostalgia and some other stuff. We're talking about FTR coming out with Tully Blanchard to take on the Jurassic Express with uh, Marco Midget. So... um, (laughs) Interesting match. It started off a little creaky. Things got pretty good. Uh, Tully? Tully had a great and horrible night all rolled into one. There was times in there he did some stuff where you're like, yes! 
there were some times there you're like, oh, fuck, Tully. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically, I don't know if you guys caught the one, but I don't know if he got him so excited. He was so way ahead of himself that he jumped in the ring to do something, and he literally stood there for three seconds waiting for other people to get set up and kind of just <laughs> I don't know, ambled years, very bro. slowly towards the <laughs> What's that? 32 years he hasn't been in the ring. That that's bullshit. It's been it has not been 32 years. It's been a lot less, Rick. <laughs> 32 years maybe on TBS or something like that. Yes. But <laughs> um, but you know what? I loved it when he did the slingshot suplex. Yes. Oh, you know, sure it's on Marco Stunt, but at least he did it, right? Yeah. Uh, and he took a kick. Holy smokes, he took a good yeah. kick. That was impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh FTR looked good. Um one thing, though, I got to point out, I don't know, I used to say it was the slaps that I hated. I think I just hate it when you see somebody doing something ridiculous in a match that no one would ever really do. So a guy grabs you in a German suplex. He's a massive big dude. So your best thought is to grab your partner in the same thing so you both can go flying over. Man, that is some Lucha Libre, let's help each other out bullshit. That, that was Lucha Soros. Lucha, Lucha. He, he put, but did you guys not shake your head when you saw that? Like the two FDR yeah. guys grab each I other think, and help him with the move? It's just like... But if you think about it psychologically, you want to grab the person so you can weigh more so he can't lift you. It's just that it's Luchasaurus and he has a lot of strength. So it makes it makes sense why you would do it. Because um, the best grip I, is to grab a guy in a German suplex, not any other way to hold yourself down. I but mean, right around this. Moment, you grab onto anything. You can, but just, just yeah. Unless you're the young bucks, then it'd be like one buck, one buck, two buck, mm-hmm. one buck, one buck, buck on the waist lock, and the other one's gonna super kick him into it because you know then exactly. you get that momentum. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, okay. Uh, I liked the match. I thought for me, so up till now, this was the most enjoyable parts that I enjoyed of the show. Um, Rick, how did you feel on this thing going in? Watch it was this. all right. It wasn't terrible. Um, I even enjoyed Marco's stunt. I, I didn't mm-hmm. think it was a bad match overall with all six guys. Um, mm-hmm. I love what happened at the end. Uh, mm-hmm. I love JJ being involved. That was awesome to see. Um, yeah, overall, a pretty decent average match. I was I was pleasantly surprised of how much I enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, Andy? I think that might be our theme for the night is like pleasantly surprised or decently surprised. Yeah, this, yeah it seems just, like this. Yeah. It exceeded uh, expectations. Yeah, uh, thankfully, although the bar wasn't set very high. So, uh, <laughs> <Jade> I, <Tyler. laughs> I, you know what, I enjoyed it too. It, it was a fun little match. Uh, I enjoyed Tully in there, especially for nostalgic purposes. Uh, to see him still have the boots on. I mean, these guys had the matching gear. The fact that he wore a shirt into the ring that still had a collar on it kind of made me laugh. And if you noticed, at one point he was exiting. The, he was exiting through the ropes, and the ref actually fixed his collar. <laughs> I, challenge, I challenge you, oh dear listener, you go back and look. There's a one point, and the ref's kind of like ushering Tully out, and you can see him f- like fixing Tully's collar, like kind of like folding it back over. Nice. Uh, I also like that he was involved in the finish, and I love the fact he got the pin. Okay, excellent. Yep. Uh, Elio? Yeah, it's, uh, just in, I enjoyed this match. This was a good match. I, it was great seeing Tully in there and JJ Dillon. Uh, like, like I said earlier, um, just that slingshot suplex when he hit that slingshot suplex and getting the pin. Let's also not forget he came out with JJ Dillon, which was okay. pretty darn cool and fun. Yes, it was and crazy. He was, carrying, he was carrying the 1985 US title. 
on his yep. voice. That was the yep. original one that he held back then. And I love the one reference. I don't know if you guys noticed it or caught it when they said, hey, you know what? He never actually said I quit and lost that match. It, well, he did. Actually, he actually did say he quit, but they tried to selling it as saying, you know, he never really gave up on that match. And, they, and I, do you know, have you seen this match, Rick? It's an I quit uh, cage no, match. Human. It's Magnum TA. Yeah, it's and, a good match. Uh, bloody. It, dude, it is probably the coolest I quit match I've ever seen. If you watch that, you are not going to believe the brutality of Magnum shoving a yeah. uh, chair leg yeah. into like Tully's face. And just bleeding him open. What, what is this? Just uh, was it was it on a Starcade eighty five? Oh, was one, it was one of the Starcades. Yeah, yeah, it's one of the big okay. matches. It's it's their big blow off to that feud, and it's amazing. Okay. It's a great match. Um, at the end, there was some weird stuff here that we we made a reference to. Okay, uh, we had mm-hmm. it looked like a cameraman got bumped over. He's laying there. He gets up, grabs something, and whacks. Was who did he whack in the head? I can't remember which wrestler. Was it Luchasaurus? Who took the pin? Uh, yeah. Okay. He, he, he whacks somebody in the head and helped them win the match. Unmasks, it's Sean Spears. It's like, oh, where the hell did that guy ever go? <laughs> it's Thankfully. good to see him back. Blonde. <laughs> Blonde, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that was interesting. Then, as they're all standing there, Arn Anderson walks out, <laughs> looks at them, nods, and gives the four horsemen sign. And I'm just like, really, Arn? Are you joining them? Is that what this is? Yeah. Yeah. It's a typical Cody Rhodes family. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) What did you think, man? Come on, Andy. I know when you saw that, we mean you joked about something. Yeah, well, I mean, and again, the little things. I mean, I I, kind of joke about the thing about with Tully getting his uh, collar fixed. Uh, If you watch, too, uh, JJ's going to leave the ring. And I think it was the ref again tells him like you can say it's basically he's like telling him like no no like stay in here like you still got yeah. this other deal to do, so you got that and then you guys you know these guys are flashing the four horsemen you know symbol and then Arn comes out kind of you know hands on his hips and nods and gives us you know the flashes the four fingers and it's like you know you talk about family and friends it's like okay well let me get this straight so QT Marshall was out in the corner of Shaq and Jade. Now you get Arn Anderson coming out, you know, to uh, give a salute to the to FTR and and you know Sean Spears, who's you know, like it's like I people, you, and, and, and <laughs> you guys know I have this conversation with these conversations, and I think I get frustrated because especially with so many of the AEW diehard fans that mm-hmm. will you know turn a blind eye. And I mean, you know, they, you know, they, they, they're going to crap on WWE for nostalgia, bringing anybody back. And yet, you know, we, we get Tully in the ring, we get JJ Dillon coming up and I'm not complaining because mm-hmm. whether it's WWE, whether it's AEW, I like it. So I don't mind it. Um, but you know, when you when talk about stuff that, that doesn't make sense, it, it's, <sighs> <laughs> gets more frustrating every week you know and it's almost you know we get good stuff you you know it's take the good you take the bad but it's like you get one step forward and then it's like two steps back again Mm -hmm. and it's just it's head shaking to me and you know you can be like oh yeah that's so cool it's like well yeah that's cool but what about the fact it's you know Arn always comes out with Cody and you know Tully's not a Cody guy and Sean Spears had issues with Cody and 
you know, FTR. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like but it's, it's the horseman. <sighs> well, if if Andy, the only comfort I can give you is you take the good, you take the bad. That's the facts of life, buddy. And uh, <laughs> like the, uh, you know, that that could be like the AEW uh, AEW theme song, and it would totally fit. Yeah. No, oh man. Uh, no, I think Land of Confusion might be the better. Wow. <laughs> you know what? That would be so cool for those that know that video from Genesis. Yes. That would be so cool to have an AEW version of that video all where the all, the, all the puppets were AEW guys and stuff. Yes. Maybe like Tony Khan would be like, I don't know, would he, would he be Reagan or would he be Phil Collins? He'd be Reagan. <laughs> He'd definitely be Reagan. Man. <laughs> Out of touch with reality. All right. Um, and you know what? I, I totally skipped this because it was just so blah, blah. Was Paul White coming out, you know, the <laughs> former big show, uh, talking about his thing. And you know what? When you were talking about that, let's talk about that for one sec. I want to remind you guys that last year, all the AEW fans were all like, Paul, big show should quit. He's useless. He's been, he's blah, blah, blah. They were very vocal about that on a lot of their stuff. And now he's their guy. Welcome on. You're going to change everything, Paul White. I'm like, uh, nothing's changed, but a year, he's a year older. Now he's in your company. So I'm glad you guys are really taking a realistic look at sometimes of situations. So can I, so can he I had throw a special another... announcement? Yes. Yeah. What is that special he announcement, spe Rick? Oh, yeah. He said that he's going to be bringing somebody in. Uh, a Hall of Fame worthy. So yeah. it's another old guy, I guess, right? Yes, we don't that know was that one point. Too. Yeah. We don't even know that. It, it could be some young nobody. Jack and, and he's, he's the old. Who knows who that is? We don't know who yeah. that is. Even Tony Khan doesn't know. <laughs> I got to say, say this. Yeah. It's actually very intriguing how AEW does things. Because, yes, they dropped the ball on a lot of things. But they got me wanting to see Shaq and Jade, right? They also, now they dropped this little hint. We're going to have a guy coming that's just signed. I'm going to want to tune in just to see who this guy is. Now, they may drop the ball, and it may be some schmomo that we don't Barry care Horowitz. about. It's Barry Horowitz. <laughs> <laughs> but it may be somebody, you know, like that anticipation. Yeah. That's something yeah. that WWE doesn't have to do, and they don't do often. Like mm -hmm. these big surprise, because Vince McMahon's actually been getting pissed off lately. And uh, they're actually keeping things from talent now, storylines from talent, so it doesn't get exposed. So um, okay that's actually that. that's I'm actually okay out in the that. news lately. Um, but I have to say, I'm actually intrigued. Who is this person going to be? You know, you always have to throw out the name CM Punk. CM Punk. Oh, <laughs> it's just not going to be. <laughs> it's possible. It can happen. You know who it could be? Probably the greatest. WWE champion ever, Shawn Michaels, the man who destroyed Bret Hart's legacy. That's who it possibly Can could be. Can you please take his Canadian card? Because this guy... <laughs> Don't be mean to Bret Hart. He tried. <laughs> Bret Hart really tried. Don't be mean. You can't all be the, the pretty boy, the heartbreak kid. <laughs> I, I wanna, if, here, I'll, I'll reel us back in a bit here. Yes, and, yes and, please and, do. And point about Paul White. And yeah. actually, you know, it's, to what Rick said, you know what? Yeah, it's cool. You wanted to see Shaq wrestle, but that, yes, that was part of the problem. How poorly it was put together, and it's like, I, like yeah. how people didn't even know it was happening tonight. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You have that. The 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 dropping the you know what that one I'll give you. You know that's a nice mm -hmm. little one there. It's like okay, let's tune in and hopefully the internet doesn't spoil it for us. They will. 
it probably will but uh well done my thing you know and to to tj's point about you know people saying a year ago oh big show this and they're gonna say that about anybody and anybody that's gonna get brought in now that's gonna have experience gonna be experienced is 95 percent likely to be a former wwe guy because for the past 20 years especially in north america that was the only show in town yeah so for people to crap on wwe guys in the first place really like you need to stop because otherwise you know unless you're still going to crap on them when they come to AEW, because that's where they're going to come from for one second of all and this doesn't go for aew this also goes for wwe it's great big show sorry no more bs it's great great, you know paul white is there it's it's great these guys you know can lend experience but Mm -hmm. as we've seen between you know for what for the the past year of shows uh for this little joint thing with new japan and with impact it's not on the whole it's not adding new fans yeah. It's not bringing more people to watch. I'll be curious to see what the numbers are for for this show. Yeah. You know, again, especially because it w- it wasn't wasn't very well promoted. But like, okay, Sting came back. Maybe there was like a one show bump. Now, whether it's because of how poor like well, I'm going to say how poorly booked Sting is. And the fact it's just the same crap every week where he, you know, we did an over-under today. How, you know, Sting starts a promo. Okay, is this promo going to last longer than a, a Bill Goldberg match before someone comes out? Yeah. The one guy doesn't make a difference. Paul White isn't going to make a difference. You bring The Rock or Steve Austin back to Raw. You promote it properly, it'll spike it for one night. Mm-hmm. Yep. Past that, you're not going to have a magical jump in viewers. Same mm-hmm. thing. You know, we can say, oh, okay, maybe it's CM Punk. Awesome. You know, if, if the internet blows it, you might see a little spike because of, uh, you know, for those that read it and see, okay, CM Punk's going to be there. And then maybe the following week, you're going to get that, you know, another bump because, oh, well, now we found out. What's going to happen? Yep. Yeah. But for the long run, like these, like we're not, professional wrestling is not, on the whole, is not creating new fans it's not generating interest that's bringing in new people yeah so you know it doesn't matter if it's it's gonna be rvd isn't it oh jesus it could be you know it (laughs) it very well it very well could be yeah yeah ladder match it's rvd very well you know what that's a good call and i you know i i would have no issue coming back onto the show next week and saying hey rick serrano the third uh, if I if, if if I if I had the Wrestling Observer, if that was my newsletter, you would be promoter of the year, my friend. Thank you. you would be promoter easy. of the year. It's that easy. It's that easy. But but <laughs> but but in general, though, like it, it's it, I'm sorry, like I'm not trying to be pessimistic. That's just real. It mm-hmm. doesn't make that much of a difference. Yeah. You know, it, same it, thing. it really doesn't. NXT is going to move to Tuesday night. You know, I don't think there's going to be a big jump in viewership there. I don't think there's going to be a big jump in viewership for AEW. AEW's got their loyal fans. NXT has their loyal fans. You've got a small cross-section that'll watch both. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you're going to get a, oh, well, here's a whole new wave of, oh, there's wrestling on Tuesday yeah. night. Just 700,000 more people now. Yeah, All of a sudden, that's not going to yeah. happen. Sorry. And you know what? You brought up a good point. And I don't know if you guys realize this, but you know what? 
uh, you'd have to say like every time like Steve Austin or people remember him, right? And, and uh, The Rock. But if you check out their last probably four or five appearances on Raw, each one has had less as they've gone yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. just... Diminishing return, bad. law of diminishing yeah. returns. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> now let's move on to a match I, whew, I was not looking forward to. Um, I didn't get much out of it. I thought it was actually kind of, it was like, let's just get this over so one of these two people can go on to the next round. Uh, we had Nyla Rose taking on Ryo Miz- Mizunami, who Mizunami. Apparently, apparently we've seen her before, which I don't remember. I don't um, she looks very much like a boy. She looks like a, a chubby Asian boy in there. And uh, who was very hyperly, weirdly hyperactive during I this. It. Uh, <laughs> you know who she reminded me hey rick do you remember the girl she kind of reminded me there was that skinny pretty little girl who Britt baker kicked her tooth out remember she was a Ooh. japanese chick and she came out doing that stuff she was from stardom and Britt baker put her mouth on the yeah the and then yes, kicked it and yes. caused her is, that Sakazaki? is that who that was i, I can't so. remember but uh i remember that's her she had the same energy the same goofy uh, it reminds me a lot of Oscar. Is that a, a Japanese thing that they have? To- it seemed, and it was funny because you put Oscar Junior. I'm like, dude, that's clearly Oscar's mom. <laughs> she's clearly a lot older because she's actually. They talked about her coming out of retirement, like she had retired already and, and came back. Um, yeah, it's well. What you got to remember that Oscar has based some of her character off what they call Kabuki theater. Yes. And that's the movements and the things. And that's what the girl was doing too. So it's probably not that they were basing each other. It was probably just the Kabuki element. Yep. They're in different companies and, and stuff like that. Um, this match though, guys, I can tell you, I except for her little weirdness and dancing around, I remember Dick about this match when I'm thinking about it, unless I'm reading notes, none of it's really clearing except the fact somehow the girl beat Nyla Rose. Yeah. That's, uh, anyone that's got the, anything else? That's <laughs> it. That she beat her. That she beat yeah. Nyla Rose. That's it. And were you guys it's surprised? Just... I was surprised. I thought for some reason. I was. I'm happy about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm very happy speak. about it. Yeah. yeah. I th- I thought you know what I I thought it was an all right back and forth match for mm-hmm. someone that I'm I'm really not interested in and for mm-hmm. someone I had no clue who they were. Yeah. I mean, and it, it was a battle. Like it was it was and so I yeah. I'll give them that. Okay. Elio, anything you yeah, want to with, with, with me, I was fine with this match. It wasn't as good as the one with, with Everett Baker, but uh, mm-hmm. it, it was okay for me. Okay, now afterwards in this match, Sheeta comes out uh, with some flowers and, and there's a trophy thing. And then they do this weird little thing where they start like slapping that part each other. Was weird. Now, here's the funny part, guys. It's not weird if you watch New Japan. This is what they say. do. Yeah. yeah. If you make, and we were making fun of the trophy, you guys. That's exactly what they do, though. If you watch every big main event in not just New Japan, but all the companies, the main event always has, no matter if you're a good guy or bad guy, they bring you out a bouquet of flowers and a lot of times a shitty little trophy. It's just, there's a reason why it's a shitty little trophy because it's a one match thing, but it's that idea to show the majesty of winning the main event. Yeah. And you yeah. get that a lot in there. So, yeah, the, the goofy trophy, the flowers, that shit happens in just about every uh, major Japanese thing. And the slapping thing, how they attacked each, that sort of thing, that is also very common of how they start new programs in New Japan, where somebody's dared enough to slap the champ. And he's won the th- 
you've won the main event, like you've won the contentorship. So now you're showing for sure you either have to slap or get in each other's face. It's a given. Okay. I was actually very surprised when she first shook hands and that girl was like being very respectful. I was like, oh, well, that's different. But no, it yeah. turned out to be the same. Uh, anyone else had anything on touch on that part? Or we my my fun one little point. I might, you know, with these some of these little things, maybe I need to turn this into like my own little segment on our, our show of uh, of I spy or Andy spies. And, and okay. I, I ask you guys, and I'll challenge the the uh, the listeners as well. Mm-hmm. They were doing the handshake, and it was a very long, extended handshake before the first mm-hmm. slap happened. But mm-hmm. even when what was it Mizu Mizunami did the first yeah. shot what yeah. to me looked kind of funny and awkward I don't know if you guys noticed this and again I'm, I'm saying for our listeners if uh, you didn't notice this go back and look so they got the handshake uh she and first of all it was a left-handed handshake if I recall correctly yeah it was the yeah it was an so awkward that, that's the odd side. in itself mm-hmm. and then it's like so uh Mizunami throws the first first shot and instead of like immediately firing back mm-hmm. did you see what she was doing with her hand she was trying to unbutton her jacket oh, oh <laughs> yeah. which i enjoyed by the way i just want to <laughs> but, but you know what i mean though it's like it's yeah. like you're still holding hands someone you know you're holding you know you're shaking hands someone punches you and rather than automatically like fight back your first thing is is like oh i took a shot well let me unbutton my jacket <laughs> struggling yeah. to do it but isn't that some old school shit? You remember the old days? You gotta get say, okay, well, let me roll up these sleeves, and you're gonna get well, your fucking ass kicked. That's fine, but I mean, not when someone you're not when you're engaged in a hand, you know, like someone's yeah. holding your other hand, like that, like you know. I, I, may, uh... I think why it didn't seem so bitter, and I think Andy is 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 if you watch a lot of Japanese wrestling, that whole exchange, while seemingly awkward, is something yeah. very common. I I am and okay. I think she, and I think I'm it was okay the, with the exchange. Yeah, it's and the I think unbuttoning the, of the jacket. Yeah. And that, that was the thing, is you watch those guys, they all have these elaborate costumes, and they do that a lot. They're like, okay, we know this is the pre-night thing, let me get ready. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, I think that's what it was. Awkward. I think it was like a traditional thing. It was like, oh, yeah. you slapped me? Oh, hold on, bitch. Hold on a second. Let me unplug yeah. my jacket. I'm, I'm going to hit just... you right back. You're going to get it. And it makes sense why the go. left hand... You you, make, button, you yeah. understand the left hand shakedown because you're coming yeah. in at the right. But, I, but, yeah. I, but to me, like... I, you know, I can understand that, but to mm-hmm. me, I'm not a fan because, you know, yeah. when we talk about suspension of disbelief and contrived yeah. stuff, any other time in a wrestling match, a mm-hmm. heel, and I've done this more than my share of times, you know, you know, in the first opening minutes of a match or something, you know, you're trying to show, hey, I'm not a cheater. I'm not a bad guy. Let's shake hands. And you go to shake the left hand. Yeah. Because, you know, then it's like, oh, well, should I shake his hand? He's shaking the wrong hand. So mm-hmm. to me, that eh, no. And then just to be holding, you know, holding the hand. And I'm sorry, that I just not agree with that tradition. Okay. I'm just going to play the Japanese wrestling card. Bam! No. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So let's move on to, um, oh, boy, Sting. It's Sting! Yeah. Now, we bitched a lot that, man, Sting never gets to talk. I almost kind of wish they'd stopped him because... <laughs> Wow, this was not the greatest uh, promo in the world. And of course, you guys, soon as you guys wrote down, how long do you think it's going to take for uh, Team Taz to come up? Boom! Out comes Team Taz. Yeah, Rick called it 10 seconds. Yeah. Yep. Now, there was a few funny things that happened in this whole exchange. Ricky Starks comes out uh, arguing, calls Sting. He says he doesn't think he's an icon, hits him. 
Sting hits him so hard, knocks him out of his shoes, which I thought out of his slippers. <laughs> yeah, because he's always wearing those like you know those yeah. Spanish no slip, socks. Yeah, slip-ons. Knocked him right out of it. Now here's where things got really strange. So much even my wife, who doesn't really watch wrestling a lot, happened to glance over. She's like, "What happened there?" Um, for some reason. And I think it was just a bad timing issue because the whole point of this was to get um, uh, Brian Cage and Sting into the same ring together. But there was a weird thing where Hobbs and Hook come running out. It sort of looked like Hobbs fell. Yes. Jumped right up. Like then, a Titus O'Neil kind of stumble. Yeah, yeah. Then he gets up. And for some reason, he jumps into the ring, but then stops. He doesn't try and pull the guy out of the move. He reaches his hand as if he's, I don't know, you're going to pull him out by your hand. Meanwhile, Hook's like an idiot, climbs over him and breaks up the move. Meanwhile, Hobbs is looking like the dumbest dude in the world, just sort of laying there. The super big dude is just sort of laying there with his arm outreached out. He's not trying to get in. He's not trying to get out. And skinny little Hook climbs over him to try and break up the move. Break Let's up Sting, about, who has fallen yeah. over. <laughs> Sting couldn't keep the Scorpion Deathlock on. Like he was, first of all, when he put it on, he was struggling to hold up his legs. Yeah. And yeah. then finally, gravity just took over. and was just like, oh, here we go. Oh. Yeah. And, and, right and, over. and he sat, and thankfully, he didn't it. sit back on Stark's back, like, to break yeah. it. He just yeah. kind of, like, like, listed off to the side like a sinking ship. Yeah. Yeah, and it, let's let's also take in mind here. This is Starks, who's not that big, is no. nowhere as big as Cage. So makes you wonder what's going on in the next set of this. But yeah, there is a whole lot of awkwardness going on in this whole segment. Brian um, Cage's underwear, <laughs> his pants, falling his pants down. are falling down. Yeah, <laughs> put on a oh. belt. Oh man, yeah, this whole thing. There was so much out of this that was just like, ah. And then you know, um, Turtle Boy comes, runs out, does his. Uh, Drop kick off the top. Uh, I guess it worked in this sense, guys, because last week after what happened with the, these two teams, I was kind of like, well, where do they go from here? They did manage, through all the silliness going on around them, still managed to make me think, okay, there's still some fight left in this feud. Yeah. Good, because of the, they haven't had the blow off yet. So good on And them. thankfully, Darby didn't come from like way up in the uh, cheap seats. <laughs> otherwise yeah. you know it's like okay does Sting get his ass kicked for half an hour or does everybody just kind of sit and watch and go oh no <laughs> and well, wait you know, it was so funny because we didn't even mention this last week we were making fun of the zipline thing uh what kind of wrestlers would walk out to the ring and not go hey is that a zipline like look at that. <laughs> what's that thing hooked up there <laughs> okay <laughs> so then um we go to our next match which uh i, I like this match uh 10 versus max caster um we have uh 10 coming out with uh minus one <laughs> so, for those of you that make sure that's what if you go back and listen that was what jr called him when he came out was minus one minus one uh who wow that makes the kid even look coming about it with no shirt on this <laughs> tiny little eight what is he eight ten the skinny yeah, tiny is he nine well i was right yeah. in between so this little nine-year-old with no shirt and a mask on and oh i could think it was that kid's gonna get broken in half if anyone falls on him i felt uncomfortable as a dad watching that um okay he's a mascot yeah Ma uh, max caster comes out does a little rap which was really funny because i had no idea what he meant by um 
Lady Gaga's dog walker and my wife burst oh. out laughing oh and I my paused God. it yeah and she told me about it I was like oh okay I, I don't follow the news enough obviously so that was pretty funny I guess uh he had some funny stuff and then he he ended it with a directed uh threat <laughs> to, to negative one who decided he had to be held back he did yeah. it as just as crappy as uh Marco. yeah I thought he was yeah. like what are you gonna do uh, good man. I have to Sorry. say, yeah. I have to say, negative one. Mm-hmm. I did not mind his role here tonight, where he came mm-hmm. out, he did the little talking to to ten, yeah. gave him a little pep talk, and he held his jacket and went outside yeah. the ring. I'm fine with that. Like if you okay. do that, yeah, I'm fine with it. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. I'll, I'll, and I, I agree. you said that too, and I, I agree. Like that's in that. I mean. I'm not crazy about like I don't I still like I don't think mm-hmm. he needs to be there or should be there, but at least like a minimal role like and I mean I just said like a mascot or he's the one that's gonna have to hold the gear or whatever, cool. Now I don't mind I agree with you guys too, but then that all went out the window for me at the very last segment. Yeah, and we'll get to that. Okay, so uh, once again I enjoy Max Caster a lot. I think he's a really good wrestler. I don't really see a lot in ten. I'm sorry, I just he doesn't really stand out in any ways to me so i'm not even sure why and this then kid they made a big deal about that. signing this guy yeah when, when he signed me the big deal about it i remember that and uh you know this was an okay match uh i'm not sure i'm i gotta tell you guys i'm slightly tossed about the whole matt hardy deciding he's going to destroy the dark order you know he pays uh jack jack evans i want to call him jake jack evans pays him money to whack um Whack ten in the face with a something. Was it boombox? Was it the boombox? Yeah, it was the boombox. Yeah. Yeah. How much? How much? Yeah. <laughs> the, the, oh, and just an obscure, which is I think got to be funning with us. These obscure yeah. numbers of how it was it last week? Forty two hundred dollars. He offered them twenty seven hundred last week. To, yeah. Like, just these weird ass numbers. You know, it reminds me when I went to my hometown. There's a restaurant, and you open it up, and I I called the waiter waitress over, and I said, um, is this like a joke? You know, like an inside joke? And she's like, what do I mean? And she's like, like, look at these prices. And I swear to God, every price on the menu was like seven forty-six, uh, six thirteen thirty-three. Like they none of the numbers were ninety-fives or anything. They were all yeah. just everywhere numbers. And she's wow. like, Yeah, it was a joke they did years ago and they just kept it. <laughs> like, okay. So um, yeah. Anyone want to add to this match? Because I thought it was a passable match. Uh it it made Max Caster look okay. Yeah, like he could handle this one. He, he looked like he could handle himself in a wrestling match. But he's in a tag team, and now mm-hmm. he's going to go fight for a, a shot at a singles title. Yeah. That's what I, I, I don't like. It's padding filling, like. man. It's obviously padding yeah. filling. They have too much stuff. They're trying to put a bunch of battle royals and all this crap in there that they don't need, and then they don't have enough guys to actually fill out. Because <laughs> later on when the guys came out, did you see the low quality of people that are going to be in yeah. these battle royals? Like, who the fuck's that guy? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, but AEW has the best tag team roster in the history of the world. <laughs> um, all right, here. Let, let's move on. Uh, then we had the main event: Mark Quinn, Matt Hardy taking on John Silver and Adam Page. Um, okay, match, I guess. Uh, you mean Isaiah? Yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, last week I was very hard on Isaiah Thomas. Tom, is Isaiah Thomas? Is that his name? He's not the basketball player. Yeah, Cassidy. Oh, yeah. yeah, the reason I say Thomas is 
he wears this really pseudo crappy basketball oh, yeah. looking yeah. gear. It looks like shitty basketball gear yeah. trying to pass yeah, his yeah. wrestling gear. Now we've always made fun of Mark Quinn because he'd come out in that stupid pseudo tuxedo with tails. This week he comes out looking like he's a cheerleader for a basketball team wearing goofy ass pseudo cheerleader basketball gear again. Then these guys have got to find better gear because this is a, this looks lowbrow indie garbage. They're on a big show. I mean, come on. Varsity Blonde spent a few bucks. All white the- show. Not a show. <laughs> no more BS. No more BS. But uh, as far as matches go, some dumb stuff in here. At the end, of course, you had to play on how much of a dick Matt Hardy is. When he rolls Mark Quinn, who JR, for some reason or another, specifically named him as his tag team partner. I'm not even going to touch on what I said to the guys about that. But that was <laughs> such, that's a big mistake. You know, like, uh. anyhow, he rolls his partner back in instead of facing Adam Page. Uh, Adam Page looking good. Um, in my opinion, though, I'm starting to wonder if we need to see the buckshot lariat every single match. Because now it's starting to become, it's almost starting to feel like to me, is it that great of a finishing move? He uses it every single match. It doesn't have that special quality that sometimes, I don't know, maybe. Isn't that what a finishing move is, though? Yeah, but some guys have that thing where you you don't always use it every single match. You have one or two backup moves so that you use that on the big thing. He, but he, this is like every single match he uses that as his finishing move. I think he used something and, um, something different a couple of weeks ago. It was like a reverse power driver or something like that. Um, it was He was holding them on his back or something like that. I think he used. Oh, the like use. That. Yeah, that's he, that used to be his finishing move years ago in ROH. Good yeah. call, good call. Um, yeah. This match was okay. I mean, like I said, it was more of a storyline match, though, and that's the problem I think here is we should have had. I mean, Shaq should have been in the main event. They should have had a great yeah. send off. Instead, we got a main event that wasn't anything but a setup to the fact that that uh, Matt Hardy is going after all of the Dark Order. Well, that and then the the battle royal thing at the end. With the oh, shots. that that was so piss poor, guys! Like, really, the quality of people that come running out there. I mean, it got worse. Each wave got worse of <laughs> lower quality. There were guys in there. I'm like, who are those ten guys? Like, I watch the show every week and I don't recognize them. I mean, but is this a, is this the duck? <laughs> you budget? know what? <laughs> you know hmm. what? I may be on the outskirts of this. I liked it. I was not, and I even liked Megan Ward being up on top. Just like, oh no! I did no, not. No. I did I not did. like the kid being there. I, I liked not. it. I it worked not. for me. And I said it. I was like, why didn't Matt Hardy go after the kid? <laughs> yeah, he's dark order. <laughs> he's oh, there. <laughs> you could have had a kidnapping. You could yes, have exactly. Kidnapping. Oh, they hadn't had a kidnapping this week. Hey, they went a week without a kidnapping. That's crazy. It seems like there was a kidnapping every week for the last month. Okay. So overall, I'm going to say that, uh, well, first, anyone else before we wrap up? I mean, I had the big. Yeah, I was just going to say, I would have switched these two around. This one should have opened the match uh, and opened the show, and uh, Shaq should have closed out. Okay. Well, I'm going to say overall, We've nitpicked a lot of things, but to be honest, it was semi-exciting. There were some fun things that happened. The show didn't seem to drag. There was no points where I wanted to fall asleep, which sometimes can happen on a, you know, we work. It's not that it's just overly yeah. boring. 
but for me, I felt this was one of the better AEWs in a long time. I was very confused that the, especially since it was the opening match, I didn't even know that Shaq was fighting tonight. Uh, but overall, had a good time. And I'm going to give the first rating out tonight on my report card. I'm going to give this a solid B. I think it was, it wasn't stellar. There were some problems, but you know what? It was a fun show. I don't feel like I wasted two hours. I'm going to switch over to, let's say, let's say Rick. Rick. Yeah. um, I'm with you on that. I I gave it a B minus. I thought it was a pretty good show. A little below average. Could have been better. There was some spots Mm -hmm. where it could have been better, but B minus. I'm not, not too bad. Elio. Yeah. I'm going to go with a B. A B. Okay. And Andy, your uh, thing for tonight? I'm going to go for a B minus. I think last week I did a, like a C plus or something. Yeah. And to me, this was a bit like a bit of a step up. Uh, again, pleasantly surprised with uh, Jade and Shaq. Mm-hmm. Uh, overall, the ma- you know, for what the, the matches, they were all right. I mean, nothing super standout blow me away. But mm-hmm. yeah, you know, there are some nitpickiness there, but a decent show. And yeah, it, it, it went by reasonably quick. So B minus. Excellent. Well, you know what? We want to thank you fans for joining us this week. We had a great time talking about the stuff, had a few good laughs and a, a good look in. Rick, are you signaling me for something over there? Yeah, for uh, predictions. For yeah, our, we have, uh, we have, we have oh, do we want to do that? Okay, yeah, let's do the predictions. Yeah, and sorry, I also f- see that they've added a new match. I don't know if that's going to be listed in your things, but it just came up on PW Insider that oh. a new match has been added. So that, go ahead. That, let's uh, let's talk the matches you've got set up. You saw... Top to top to bottom on uh, the kickoff, it's gonna be the it's gonna be Riho and Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker and Rebel. Yeah, that's the one they just added. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Um, I'm I'm gonna go with uh, Riho and Thunder Rosa. Andy, uh, I'll take Thunder Rosa and Riho as well. Uh, Rick, same thing. Rio Thunder Rosa for sure. Go all right, Rio and Thunder Rosa. We're all going to look like idiots if they lose. Okay. <laughs> Next, Next one, I'm not even going to name off all these teams. It's just a casino casino tag team battle. Uh, it, we'll never guess that garbage. Next. <laughs> then we have Miro and Kip Sabian versus Best Friends. I want to go with Who the Fuck Cares, but let's let's hope Miro finally looks good. I'm going to go Miro and Kip Sabian. Uh, I'm going to go Miro and Kip Sabian as well. Okay. Oh. Actually, that's the one thing that uh, neither of us touched on uh, tonight was that Miro's promo by uh, Miro. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had so much to talk about. It was like a, he yeah. growled a lot. It was okay. Wasn't it bad. Was, wasn't great. Yeah, we're just there. But yeah, okay. I wrote Miro and uh, keeps keeping okay. Uh, then we have Kenny Hold Omega. On. Hold on, Andy. Your choice. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with Miro, and I'm being hopeful there. Okay. Uh, uh, Rick. I'm going with Miro, and I think we're going to have a turn. I think Trent returns and turns on the best friends. Ooh. Okay. okay. All right. Next. Uh-huh. We have the Exploding Barbed Wire Deathmatch. Kenny Omega versus John Moxley. I say Omega. It's too soon to take the belt off him. Yeah. Andy? I agree. Kenny Omega. Rick? It's, you know what? I want it to be Omega, but I'm going to go with Moxley on this one just because this is Moxley's match to lose. It is for the belt, you know, though, isn't it? Huh? It yeah. is for the belt, though, isn't yep. it? Yeah, yeah. So okay. I, I think Moxley takes it. Okay. Uh, Elio? I'm going with Omega. Okay. And is that it for matches? Nope. There's, oh, no. Uh, 
Then we have that's Cody. not the main event. The world title is not the main that event. That was the main event. I'm just uh, going by, by the list here that in front of me. Okay. It doesn't have it listed. Okay. Okay. Have uh, okay. Then we have the face of the revolution ladder match. Once again, we don't even know who's in there, so who cares? Which, which one? The, the face the, of the revolution. The you get that match. title shot. Face of the revolution. Yeah. Like Caster just got into it, and I'm going with RVD <laughs> <laughs> or the special guest. The special guest is going to win it. I'm going gonna with Lance Kane. Archer. Kane. Oh, Lance Archer. That's a good one. Then All right. Adam Page versus Matt Hardy. Adam Page. Adam Page. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm going to go at it. Oh, Rick, though, threw such a good scenario. Yeah, I like Rick's scenario. <laughs> but Rick, Rick is not the Booker of the Year. That's Tony Khan, and he might not be listening well, to the Well, he might be. Sure. Yeah. I'm going to go Adam Page. All right. And since we're, not playing the, since we're not playing the points game, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So I'm going with Matt Hardy. I, I All right. Hiko Shida versus Ryo Mizunami. I'm going with Shida on that. Yeah. Shida. Shida, unfortunately. Shida, bad. Say unfortunately. <laughs> Shida, hottest. See your unbelted thing? I, uh, that was the best part of the night. And we have Team Taz versus Derby Allen and Sting. Street fight. It's got to be Sting. It's good. Team Sting, Stink, Stink, Sting. Okay, and are we going to get a... Actually, here, let's do a little side thing. Is it going to be a cinematic match or is it going to be a regular match? Cinematic. I play cinematic. What do you think, Andy? You ready? Yeah. You ready for this? Yeah. Uh, Team Taz wins because of the reunion of the winner of the ladder match, RVD and Taz, Team ECW. RVD attacks Darby Allin, and that builds the story for RVD versus... Darby Allen. I like it. I, you know what? Let's see what <laughs> you know what? And this, I'm almost have to say this is why it won't happen. <laughs> that would make sense. And yeah, be it would be booking. cool. It'd be good booking. And Tony yeah. Khan is the Booker of the Year for who knows why. Uh, I'm 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 going with Rick on that because I I makes sense. Okay, <laughs> and that's exactly why it won't happen. Anymore. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Anything for anything else, Celia? The last one I have on my list is Young Bucks versus MJF and Jericho. Oh, Young Bucks, the Young Bucks. They they always book themselves in the yeah, end for this. I'm going to go with the Young Bucks on this one. Andy, I hope it's Jericho and MJF. Yeah, I would hope, but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. No, uh, Rick, Young Bucks because of Sammy Guevara. Ooh, oh, the Guevara connection. Is that is that is that a one? That's out? it. That's. That's all the matches. All right. So I guess we'll, we'll, we're going to be doing uh, uh, an aftermath for the show. So yep. it, let's see what happens. Uh, guys, thank you guys for all tuning in. Rick, it's great to see you. Welcome yes, uh, slumming it down in Canada with us. That's, that's always a touching thing. How'd you get across the border? Anyhow. <laughs> um, <laughs> he flashed his card and said how much he loves Bret Hart. Oh, you must oh, be Canadian, eh? Oh, yeah. You must be Calgary's that way. Eh? Um, anyways, folks, thanks for joining us. Uh, I'd like to say tune in uh, the come next Wednesday when we have uh, Kevin Sullivan on our show. It's it's a really good uh, quarantine. We had a lot of fun with uh, Elio. Without ever saying or talking like Wade Barrett, please just normally say goodbye. Uh, to the good I don't want to hear that. No. Tune in to POV if you want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> good night, everyone. <laughs>